0: On episode 44 of Pixel Guide In. Ten. The guys are tricking and treating. Nine. Timothy takes a lucky dip. Eight. Eric builds a bare metal Commodore. Seven. What do rhythm games have to do with Halloween? Six good zombie games. Four. No, you're a retro tink. Four. Games about pigs and vegetables. Three. Mini mods that look like ninja stars. And we even talk a little snack. One.
1: Another visitor. Stay a while. Stay forever. Welcome to I Guided!
0: Featuring Cody, Eric, and Tim Drew! Now, here are your hosts, Eric Nelson and Cody
1: Hoffman!
2: Do you feel scared? Ooh, it's
1: October.
2: It is time to be scared—the month
0: of ghouls and and witches and.
2: Yeah, we've got a Halloween-packed couple episodes, actually.
0: I'm, I'm not gonna lie; it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> what? But we gotta do it. I mean, we're, make- we're producing the oh,
2: show. I love doing it. Halloween's my favorite holiday.
0: You're kidding, right? No, you're one no. of those people. No, it's not my favorite <laughs> holiday, but it's one—I of- loved Halloween as a kid, you- but you almost lost me as a friend eric <laughs> it's not my favorite <laughs> um but you know
2: we're blown up cody you know that
0: big time yeah are we actually I, mean, I did not know that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pretend i didn't know that
2: you know how i know that
0: how do how do you know that
2: because my daughter who's in sixth grade mm-hmm, clover mm-hmm. she has been promoting the show to her friends really and we have two sixth grade listeners wow though so I want to do a little shout out to my little homies By name? In the 916 Wait, wait, wait
0: You're going to shout out to your Wait! Yep My Pixel-
2: little homies in the 916 Pixel guide in. We got Marcelino and, and
0: Marcelino- Nolan Nolan! <laughs> You're a little early on that one Let's try it again Marcelino!
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Marcelino and Nolan uh. In the house uh. In the his a, As they say
0: Loving on that 8-bit Yep
2: all right, <laughs> but anyway, they are they're li- they're listeners and they've uh, listened to the show and they like it. That's cool. They get a kick out of it. So we
0: appreciate it, guys. Yeah, tell your friends. We're blowing up. Go tell your friends. Um. All right. Well, welcome to Pixel Guide. In yeah, your favorite podcast for all things retro, retro video game, retro inspired video game, and beer and beer except for Marcelino and Nolan. Not no beer.
2: Root beer. No root beer. Have some root Have beer. Have some root
0: beer. Um. Yeah, I'd feel, oh, I'd have a guilty conscience if they started partaking because of their favorite new celebrities.
2: <laughs> I don't think they
0: will. <laughs> uh, well, real quick, we like to start every show at Pixel Guide In with some quick questions just to jump right into some video game talk. So, quick questions.
1: Quick questions!
2: I'm going to kick this one off. Kick it off. Should I put the hip hop song back on? <laughs> no. <Okay. laughs> quick questions! Oh. So my question to you this month of October, what is your best gamer trait, your personal trait, and what is your worst?
0: I'm going to have to hear you answer it so I understand the question better, but okay.
2: Okay. So my, I would say my best gamer trait, and this is going to be a little controversial because Uh I think most people don't, when they hear about this trait of mine, they go, oh, that's horrible. Okay. Okay. I'm going to say my best gamer trait is that I don't finish games <laughs> because the truth is once I get bored and the game gets too repetitive, I don't waste my time continuing on with a, with a 50, 60 hour game. That is good. So I'll, I'll play four hours and then I'll just like move on to the next thing or I'll play an hour and I'll move on the next thing. If it doesn't, if it's fun at first and then it just kind of gets boring. And I think that is a good trait.
0: It absolutely is a good trait. Um, Although, I will say, on that same note, Mm -hmm. you also play a lot of games, you're like, oh, I love that game, I need to get back to it. And you have a backlog of, like, 200 plus. I do. That's true. They also move on from games when you're not ready to move on. That's true, that's true. And I would say that's more like a bad trait.
2: Oh. But the truth is, that puts me right into the worst trait, which is I think I'm not very good at gaming time management. So, like... I don't carve out uh, big enough allotments of time to actually get into a game. I get have little 15-minute windows, yeah, half-hour yeah, yeah. windows. But that goes you're like, into, "Cool, I
0: got 15 minutes. Let me just start this heavy story-driven game." Yep.
2: And that and what you're saying ties into that because what'll happen is I will have a game on Switch is a good example. I'll play it and then I'll have to move on for maybe the podcast research or whatever, and then I say I'm going to go back and I forget about it. Because, I mean, i yeah. got a lot going on in my life, so I don't go back to it. I need to actually build a management system, like on my phone or something. Where I got I can, my like,
0: board. I got my board. Yeah, you got there.
2: a board there. And I, I need something a little more digital, because a board doesn't last in my house. It'll get <laughs> erased and written on and stuff. So, anyway, that's best and worst trait. How about okay. you, Cody?
0: Well, I'm going to start with worst, because I think you're absolutely correct. The opposite is true with me. If I start a game, I'm going to have to like it. I have to get hooked into it. But if I ever get hooked into a game, and I start playing it, and I get a good way through... And I'm tired of it. I still have to finish it.
2: See, yeah, I I think that's a bad thing.
0: I I kind of agree. I do agree, but it's not going (laughs) to (laughs) change.
2: Well, and you'll get more money. You get your money's worth out of it. Well, do you
0: if you're actually playing something you don't enjoy? That's weird. I don't do. If I really don't enjoy it, I'll break from it. But if it's just kind of become become home ho hum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. It's like why do you play? Do you play because you are trying to enjoy the moments, or do you play because there is when you finish the game? I do get that euphoric. Like I accomplished it. No one cares about me, but cool yeah. feeling. But anyways, I'll say that's my worst trait. Uh, my best trait, I would say, actually it kind of relates to that, though, mm-hmm. is if it's something I'm enjoying, or if I know it's a, it's a quality game, even if it's really hard, I am determined to play it over and over and over it until I can beat it. Okay. So a lot of the newer games, obviously newer systems, are kind of made to be played through. Yeah. But like these older games or some of the new indie games, you know, retro-inspired games will come out, Castlevania-style games or yeah. games like that. Um uh, It was a, a good example of one. we Cuphead. Yeah. Loved Cuphead, and that was just, you know, I have to play this 50, 60 times until I can... Like, I'm learning more patterns, I'm playing a little better every time until you finally can beat that one part that, you know, right. it's a two-minute section you play over and over and over again.
2: That's a game I need to get back to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. It is, actually. hey Um... And and then uh, I was trying to think of another game we just did recently where um, where I just got all the way through it. What was it? Oh, it was uh, it was the one that uh, Juan Martinez th- uh, said was was difficult, and I took it as a challenge, and I had to play it. Ah, oh, that top down like pixely one, uh, really pretty cool game. Yeah, darn it, I forget. Anyways, Eric, my question for you. Okay, uh, I tried to be thematic here okay and as, as we know it's a it's a bummer uh that eddie van halen passed away at 65 yeah uh too young pretty young yeah uh, pretty amazing guy that's really unique guitar playing no one else sounds like eddie van halen and i wasn't really alive during his heyday when he was the mega rock star i mean he was always a mega rock star but uh you know that early to mid 80s when he was really just packing stadiums but yeah um I was trying to think of a question that related, and I'm like, well, the only thing I can think of that has Eddie Van Halen and in it would be like Guitar Hero. Sure. Um, which is, uh, well, I'll, I guess I'll ask you the question first. Okay. Do you did do or did you enjoy those rhythm games?
2: I did. I did. The I did buy a Guitar Hero once, but I didn't really play it a lot. But the big one for me was Rock Band.
0: Yeah. I had with a, the full ev- kit and the-
2: every accessory. I added my own accessories. I had mic stands so that I could be. <laughs> So I could do. Wow! Though we would do singer songwriter mode, where like I would play the play the guitar and sing, um, <laughs> and my whole family was into it. My my son and daughter, my neighbors were into it. We would invite them over and have full bands. We'd we'd have like swap-in bands, like we'd play as a, a song and then a whole new band would come in and play the next song.
0: That's awesome. I'd buy. Or do like like ice hockey, where while one guy was playing, the other guy had to come and grab one stick, and then right. you had to pass it off and keep playing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, Mid game, just do a switch. Man, we would, uh,
2: I bought so many songs, in fact, song packs and songs, on oh, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, this was on my Xbox 360, that I I can't get rid of the Xbox, because I have so many songs installed that have lost their licenses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: so those are gone to history, it's another digital only thing. That's
2: right, but they're still on there, if, as long as I don't erase it, or lose them, so if I ever want to get all those accessories back, I still have all the basses, guitars, drums, yep. everything. So
0: keep that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, a couple, a couple things. First of all, keep the, those because everyone did chuck that stuff because it was everywhere and it was dirt cheap and nobody wanted it. Right. And actually, at this point now, there's so few because they're all in landfills. The thrown they're away, all yeah. they're recycled. They're all uh, yeah. mulch or whatever now. Yep. That they're people are actually starting to pay money. They're becoming vintage, Eric. Wow. Vintage guitar hero. I think I got everything.
2: I know I got the guitars in the house and in the garage. Oh, I have you're the drum s- kit. Sitting
0: on a gold mine. Sitting on a gold 10 mine. 10 years. Although, in 10 years, I'll probably have a. Uh, Retron versions of them, or something. But right. um, well, the other thing I was gonna say is something that happened similar to me. It's kind of a side note, but I loaded up my PlayStation Three uh, the other day, just the first time in a long time. Yeah, and notice I have my Pinball Hall of Fame. Yeah, or my, not Pinball Hall. It was called. Um, oh, what was it called? Anyways, the Pinball where you can download all the real tables, and they lost all those licenses, and I bought literally every table. So you still have them. So I still have them, but if I were to lose that hard drive or uninstall that, it's gone. <laughs> That's why I'm
2: I'm I'm very careful with my Xbox 360. I don't really use it that much anymore, but yep. very careful.
0: And I thought about it, I'm like I wonder how much I could sell that for. Honestly, like if I put online like I well, have all
2: the tables. They, they would need your account though. You'd have to sell them your account.
0: Uh yeah. I, account. See, digital is crazy. Yeah. Um my answer is I never I did enjoy playing those games cuz it was fun to hang out with people and do that stuff. I could never cuz I do play instruments, so do you. Yeah, yeah. But so I always found it so difficult to do what they're trying to tell me to do because like it'll skip notes like it'll just start mm-hmm. you on easy and work your way up. Right. But easy's harder because I want to hit all the notes because that's what I see in here. Yeah. And then a lot of TVs we played on back then had lag. They did. So it, like I it was it was yeah. just a, an exercise in frustration so we unless you just got drunk and smashed potato chips in your face and laughed all night. That was fun.
2: That was fun. And, and in Rock Band, there was a screen where you could synchronize the lag with your device. Uh, and we would just do that as kind of a little ritual. Every time we'd play the game, we'd launch that little tool to synchronize.
0: Yeah. And it, it, it pretty much worked. Yeah, I remember trying to play in Rock Band with uh, playing drums. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm playing on the music, guys. I promise you, I'm playing on the music. Like, oh, maybe it's not, maybe you have to hit it harder. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm playing. I swear, I wanted to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I've never collected really with any rhythm game, even like Parappa the Rapper, which uh, yeah. everybody apparently now is a huge fan of because Mr. Flack O'Hara put it on his Sprite Castle show and it's stuck in everyone's head. Oh, yeah, crack, yeah, yeah. Crack, 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 the ink yeah, into the right. bowl. <laughs> crack, crack, crack. Uh, that is quick questions. Um, actually, no, no, let's throw the one in. We have one more here from Tim. Okay. Uh, Tim is not on this episode. He'll be on our next episode, October 31st. Our Halloween episode, released Ooh. on Halloween. Yeah. Wow, look at that. That is poignant. Um, and his question is a simple one. Yeah. What is your go-to gaming snack?
2: I'll let you go first on this one.
0: Well, it's become Crunchies. Thanks, Tim. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Tim, yeah. Just, just, I honestly never had a go-to gaming snack, but because of Tim, it's now Crunchies. When Now, I will say, which are a chocolate bar, by the way, a crunchy uh, honeycomb chocolate bar from yeah. the UK, which... Tim sends over here as packaging for the various items he ships over. Um now I do the only thing I could think of when I was younger was I used to love and I still do it now, but taking like a whole sleeve of Ritz crackers just, just putting them all out on the plate and just putting like a half of a um,
2: <laughs> cheese with <whiz. of> <laughs> no, <laughs> no well not
0: quite, but no, yeah, like a cheese slice. Yeah. Uh when I was younger it was a Kraft single, but now I cannot eat that Can't stuff eat anymore. Those but anymore, yeah. but a real but real cheese and just put a piece on there and microwave it until it bubbles. Yeah. that's that would be my go-to gaming <laughs> snack. So I don't know what game uh, on Sprite Castle that would be the snack for, but... Um,
2: yeah, I gotta admit, I don't eat snacks when I game at all. Um, you
0: don't wanna mess up those pretty controllers.
2: Exactly. But I do, I have gotten to the point where, and this is going to make me maybe sound like a total alcoholic, but <laughs> like I love I love just grabbing a beer and going and playing and then like taking a little break, going to get another beer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I do love drinking beer while I play games. Heck yeah. So, Yeah. But for, for a snack, I mean, yeah, crunchy's a good one. Well,
0: beer's a snack. Yeah. Speaking of which, let's have a snack, oh. Aaron. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Before oh, we have it. a beer. Yeah, okay. Which we, we like to partake in the beers during the show. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, before we go any further, I did promise Amigo Aaron mm-hmm. from the Amigos, of which we are part of the network now, the yeah. Amiga, Amigo Retro Gaming Network. Yes. Uh, that we would have a, a dram with, for him. Okay. Um, do you do whiskey, Eric? I
2: don't. I stopped it. That's a young man's game. I stopped it, like, probably f- 12, 15 years whiskey, ago.
0: Whiskey. So, I'm gonna, Just a dram. Just okay. a little... Okay. Just a taste. This is... Uh, now, Aaron doesn't do scotch, I don't think. He's more of a, a bourbon guy. I actually love this stuff. So, this is uh, Laphroaig. Okay. And this is a very, very smoky scotch. Okay. So to the amigos the network and Mr. Flack here all our brother and uh, Craig. Yeah. Everybody over there at the network. This is a nice little uh, a whiskey drink to say thanks for bringing us on. What do you think about the the nose on that? Yeah, it's it's peaty. Very peaty. Before it gets supposed to be one of the heavier uh, peat ones and it it is. I love it.
2: <laughs> I tried to acquire a taste for whiskey about 15 years ago. Like I, I one of my friends was really into it, and I, I do like sitting there and sipping one, and it, it, it I can appreciate it, but I, I gotta say I moved away from the hard liquor a long time ago. I just can't do it anymore.
0: You wouldn't have to run as much. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> just replace that beer. Yep. Well, I do enjoy this, anyways. Yeah. To you and uh, we forgot to cheers. So oh, cheers, sir.
2: Yes. No, it's a good. I mean, it's a good. Definitely very good. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm slash Amigos podcast. You can reach us on Twitter at pixel underscore guidance. You can reach me, Eric, at duhproject, D-U-H project. You can reach Cody at oddball, which is at oddba A one one four nine, or you can reach Tim Drew, at Sanction, at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the podcatchers that you use. It helps us quite a bit. You can email us at podcast at pixelguiding.com. We love the feedback as well as anything we get wrong. Please let us know and we'll mention it on the next show. Thank you for listening.
0: We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you want to support the show financially, uh, we would recommend that you head on over to Patreon.com, uh, Pixel Guide In, and if you do so, you can drop us anything from a dollar or more at the $3 or higher level. We will announce your name on the show in the way we love to do, which we will do right now, using our random adjective generator and our own creative way of saying thank you to our patrons and this month we are heading down to the old fm station to hear some smooth jazz hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to krap 105.1 your location for smooth jazz i'm your host cody mcfly and as always we've got an hour uninterrupted packed with jazz classics for you guys to listen to today up first, a nice little number from our favorite trio, the Pixel Brethren, consisting of the incomparable Jim Tessier, the perplexed Henrik Lofel, and the savvy Gary Heather. After that, we have a series of soulful solo vocalists. We're talking about the chiding Dustin Newell, the ludicrous Matthew Ackerman, the gruff Daniel James, and the sizzling Josh Malone. After that, we have a tasty new group of five young gentlemen consisting of a drummer and four bass players, the implicit Eric Sandgren, the experimental David Vincent, the abominable 10-minute Amigo Retrocast, the fluffy David Modulak, and the angelic Roy Fielding. After that, it's a spicy little number from one of the hottest and hardest-working duets in the country, the tantalizing Mr. Toast and the persistent Team Grey all the way. And rounding out the top of the hour, we have a quintet that's been running their way up the charts, consisting of the benign Macha Sosnowski, the zesty Paradroid, the luminescent Ramoke Ramoke, the confined Citizen, and the percolating Ant Stiller. You guys have a good night. Thank you, thank you, thank yes. you. Yes, they make All it. Are, they're the heroes. They're they're the real heroes when it comes to this podcast. Them yeah. and the people that brew the beer.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, Eric. So now that we are back live to tape here, how did you enjoy your? Um, what did you call it again? The wee bit of the creature. The wee bit of the creature. Is that like a Scottish thing or, or I Irish? I think so. Or? I think so. I thought you did some research on that.
2: I, I don't know. It was a long time ago. But
0: anyway... How do you like the Laphroaig?
2: I realize that I'm really bad at sipping stuff. I'm already already done. I'm more of a taking shots kind of guy. You just just let it
0: touch your lips, Eric. Just let it touch your lips. Yeah. All right. Well, while I finish this, I think it is time for us to crack into our first beer of the episode. Oh, sweet. And then we will... uh, So while you go ahead and pull that out here... Sure. um, This episode, of course, Eric and I are going to hop into the news in just a second, and... uh, then we've got a little something something from our boy tim drew tea time with tim he uh grabbed what he called a lucky dip yeah uh on our last month's episode where he grabbed he had he bought a big old uh lot actually he got it for free a big old lot of cassette games for various old microcomputers, and he rummaged through it with his hand and pulled out four games and uh, he was going to review them uh and it was pretty funny we got a good way to do it yeah i know i'm excited i have not heard it yet i'm excited i haven't either and then we've got a little uh, segment from Eric as well, on Eric's take, huh? What did yeah. you cover?
2: I covered BMC64, Bearer Metal 64, and a little project I did to build a one machine to rule them all. You can play any Commodore 8-bit machine on it and uh, be on the same machine.
0: So and that's, Is that FPGA-based? Nope, based it's Raspberry Pi. Pi. Raspberry Pi-based, that's right. Yep. I-
2: it basically is Vice, so... It is vice, but it runs on bare metal, so it, the benefits of that are there's no lag on it. We'll talk about it later because yeah. it's in a cu- couple of different segments here. So once
0: I once I get um, a few other projects around here tied up, I do want to. I, I have all these extra cases downstairs, and that'd be perfect. Be
2: perfect and cheap and super easy.
0: And I have extra keyboards. Yes, I can't wait to talk about this. Okay, yeah. Ooh, so, I see a nice cold beer. I can tell by the sweat on the can.
2: Yep, so I got this with you in mind. So cuz it's Dude. a sour. So it's called a Pog Smoothie Sour. Yes. It's made by Sudworks Brewing in Davis, California, which is just about, I don't know, 30 miles from here, maybe mm-hmm. 20, 20 miles. College town? Um, this is by Sudworks, which is a great brewery. Um it's called Funhouse, the Funhouse Sour Series. Sour beer brewed with passion fruit, orange, guava, lactose, and mm-hmm. vanilla extract. I love when they add lactose. People are it, all.
0: It sounds really weird, but it does kind of add some. Um, it does. Uh, creaminess. Um, yep. So, this, I've actually thought about buying this before, but I didn't pull the trigger on it. Oh, I'm glad. Because I, I did. haven't had it.
2: I haven't had it either.
0: Uh, our local, one of our local, my favorite local brewery, uh, in Elk Grove at least, Flatland. Uh yeah, they yeah, made right down the street. Yeah, they made a pog um oh. it's actually called pog. That's the name okay. of the beer. Which is Pacific Orange Guava. And of course those are yeah. the caps from Hawaii that we used to play Ooh. with as kids. Uh this is it's it's funny, it says it has lactose, but it's actually fairly clear considering. If I wipe away some of the sweat, but...
2: And you know what? One of the best things about this is it's a tall boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I love it. I do love my... <laughs> it's like a... When I look at my glass, you look funny, Eric. It's kind of like a fun yeah. house. Whoa! Whoa! Let's cheers this cheers, bad boy. Cheers, my friend. Oh.
2: This could be bad. It could be good. Let's try let's,
0: this. Let's take a, a sip of that sweet nectar. All right, Eric's gone. I'm going for it. I'm going in.
2: Oh. What do you think?
0: It's like silence. What
2: do you think, big boy? <laughs> what?
0: Hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> big boy. Um, oh, I, 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 it's one of these beers that I'm afraid to say I like it right now, right? but I think I like it because it tastes like juice. <laughs> it does taste
2: like juice. It, <laughs> it really does. It like juice. I, I mean, it, and it is sour, but it's not like you know how some sours go out of their way to ch- to, to make you know it's a sour. Like yeah. this is sour. This is more like hey, this is sour. <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: hey guys, this gotta, is sour. This is sour guys. You <laughs> <is sour>, <laughs> have to see Eric's hand kind of flailing <laughs> yeah. in the air as he says it. This reminds me of that commercial oh, soda, purple stuff. All oh, right, Sunny <laughs> D. That's what it tastes like to me. Um, I mean, it I, is very crisp and very refreshing. Yes, it is, and very fruity and. We recently had a beer. My wife and I had a beer, where she just couldn't say she, she, she that she liked it. She's like, "I don't like it. I don't like it." And I'm like, "All right, I understand. It doesn't taste like beer." All right. So, just don't think of it as a beer. Think it of it as you were drinking a. In this case, it was it was actually the one we had. Um, we got the creamsicle.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, which I love. I, yeah. I, I
0: do like those. I'm like, just pretend that you're drinking like a beverage, a, like a like a yeah. melted creamsicle popsicle, and she got started doing that. She's like, "Okay, I like it." just it's not beer
2: and it doesn't have to be
0: this this tastes like a really good refreshing slightly alcoholic juice
2: yeah and you know the alcohol content on here i meant to say that six percent so not not horribly high but not four or five yeah so not a bad one i i i can tell you i like this but i don't know if you're ready to rate it yet
0: well if, so I'm going to pick the rating scale, and there's a reason why. Okay. I don't know if you played with these when you were a kid, but you're a little older than me, so maybe not. But when I was a kid, mm-hmm. we were all into pogs. Yeah, I remember pogs. Yeah. You remember all the dumb little kids my age buying them. <laughs> and you would pay like three ninety nine mm-hmm. for a foil pack. You rip it open, and there's four. They're literally milk caps. They're pogs. They're yeah. Pacific Orange Guava caps. But they're four cardboard caps that people would typically throw away. But now they're making them and printing pictures on them. And they were the dumbest... Pic- Little characters like, and... They looked like stuff... Actually, I bet a lot of stuff was made on, like, an Amiga. Sure. Because a lot of the stuff looked kind of pixely and, um, yeah. like, it was hand-drawn by somebody who had no t- art skills, but it was just like, what if I took this multicolor hippie background and put, like, a smiley face on and we'll put that in the pack? Yeah. And we bought this that ate it up. So it would come with four pogs and it would come with one plastic slammer. Okay. And the slammer, if you actually played the game, which the game was terrible. Like, yeah. You just try to smash the pogs with the slammer. How many you flipped over? You kept and pizza so we were. It was like gambling. You were like losing your pogs to other kids. <laughs> it was terrible. The whole thing was yeah. terrible. I yeah. regret. I regret that hobby the most. <laughs> Nonetheless, out of thirty-five slammers, yeah, thirty-five
2: slammers, out of thirty-five okay. slammers, thirty-five. Okay.
0: Let me now are we reading something. this as a beverage or as a beer? Because that makes a difference.
2: No, let's do it as a beverage. Let's do it as a beverage. I take things as they are.
0: I do enjoy it, man. It'd be, if it was still really hot out and I was sweating, it'd be really, really good. I'm gonna give it a 28 out of 35. 28. 30
2: I like 35. I think I'm gonna give it. A, like it. I think I'm gonna give it a solid 30. I actually yeah. really like it. Refreshing, really good. Awesome. Hey, Marce- Marcelino, Nolan, don't drink
0: this. <laughs> alcoholic, buddy. Unless we have some other listeners with those <laughs> names, I don't know. Right, right. If you if you are, please write in. We need to know who you are. All right, guys. Uh, one more thing. I already covered one piece of errata and feedback, and that was that I was supposed to drink whiskey, and I did not do that in the last show. Promise fulfilled. Promise fulfilled. Let's go ahead and. All right, that's my affirmative noise. Um, also, uh, I mentioned on the last show, live on tape, that we were going to fix our intro mm-hmm. to catching up to say Cody and Eric, and we were going to say and Tim.
2: Yeah, and just slice in Tim yeah, and Tim. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And then we said, t- I noticed and then, that and when I, I was I, like,
0: we're going to do it. And I didn't. I noticed so. that when I re-listened. And this time we're going to have to try to remember it again, because I didn't change the sound effect. So you'll hear one of us, hopefully, <laughs> or both of us yell, and Tim. And Tim. Okay. Um, that'll be on the next episode, October 31st. Do we have any other feedback or catching up, Eric? No. Then let's any. go ahead and jump right into... The News. <laughs> Alright, so news item number one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember talking about Scott Pilgrim, a video game. I do. That was, a lot of people like to point to as a really great game that I I never got the chance to play. And I've never played it either. Because it it was basically the licensing and everything killed it, and so all the digital stores had to take it down, so if you didn't have it, it was gone. Well, licensing came through, and it is back. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game returns as a complete edition. Um... And it's on Xbox, PlayStation, and uh, and the uh, Switch. Is it out now? PC and Stadia. Because um, I
2: looked for it when I no, saw this. launch launching your notes. holiday
0: twenty twenty. Yeah, so it's
2: not out yet. But uh, yeah, I, I've heard this on no less than three or four podcasts over the last three or four years, and it, it's like the um, it's like the legend of the Scott Pilgrim, like and and the lesson about licensing and removal on. Yeah,
0: everyone uses this, but yeah. This is a game that I've heard great things about, and Mm -hmm. if you look at it, Eric, it's a brawler, Mm -hmm. which I know you love a brawler. I
2: do love a brawler.
0: Um, But I've heard such great things. I want to say I believe it has, like, um, uh, RPG-type elements in it and stuff. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but it looks killer. I know it's very story-driven, but not in an overly story-driven kind of way. Um, I'm sure you've seen the movie. I have seen the movie. Do you like the movie? I'm going to watch it again. I, I did remember really enjoying it, yeah. but I think it's one of those movies that I probably missed more than half the references because there's so many. Yeah. Um, straight up nerd culture and this guy who's going back and has to, it's like a superhero thing, but this nerdy guy who has to go back and try to win his uh, this girl's heart by fighting each of her like seven exes. Yeah. Uh, and it's all super video game related. It's so cool. It really is cool.
2: In that show, you know, there's, there's two uh, girl i guess women in his life See, there's there's the, the his girlfriend in the beginning knives knives chow
0: okay yeah, i don't remember all the details and then yeah. there's
2: the other the main one and her name escapes me right now but man i remember when i first saw that movie i was like oh man i think knives chow is like the the best one. Oh yeah yeah i would have stuck with knives <laughs>
0: anyway. eric's hot take <laughs> that is my hot take anyways back to the show yeah <laughs>
2: Exactly. I went oh. off the I went off the trail there.
0: I love it. I love it. That's right. We got a record scratch to bring us back every time now. Um, you got the next one here, Eric. Yes. Yeah, so, have you heard of Retro Tank? A I, company? Absol- I absolutely have, and I never really had to use use for one. But mm-hmm. you know, I've been talking offline, and I yep. think that might come in handy. But um, what were we going to say about that?
2: So, it's definitely going to come in handy if we start doing YouTube videos, which we might in the future spoiler alert
0: Um,
2: because you can plug in any any um composite or s video um system into this up these upscalers and these retro tanks are like some of the best on the market without going into that crazy one i forget what what's the great the the Uh, super one it's like Um, 300 bucks the frame meister yes that one is crazy expensive now this one is um retro tanks always a little cheaper Half the price, pretty much. Uh, actually, um,
0: I think even the normal ones one twenty nine ninety nine, according to this. So yeah, exactly. Almost a third.
2: But he, the guy who makes Retro Tank, I forget his name now. I, God, I should have n- made note of that. But
0: you think if we did news, we'd actually like re- yep. research stuff. But you know, one
2: thing I love about this guy: no Kickstarter. He just made a bunch and put them up for sale. Yeah. And the perfect. beauty of the of this new this is, the, and here it is. Here's a picture. Here's the real one. Oh,
0: you got it. Look I at that. I brought it in there. Um, I'm here looking online. I'm like, hmm, what size
2: is? That? Oh wait, it's right yep. here. So the mini is removes the component. So you know, if you have a system that uses component. Um, you don't need that, and I don't, I don't really need that anyway, because my TV has component and it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that will take any composite or S-video signal and put it to HDMI and, and upscale it so that it looks real nice, right? Yeah. But the algorithms he uses are very good for upscaling, so things don't look blurry, they look really crisp, they look good. Now, the reason I bought that, believe it or not, was I want to play my Amiga CD32 on the big screen. Uh, and i plugged it into that and it works great oh that's awesome now that comes with an n64 cable because oh, really? he makes a special cable that comes n64 out into that and it uh, into s video and it looks amazing through that retro tank mini and that's included it, it comes oh, that's in the box. awesome so for 70 bucks you get this retro tank mini it has um rca composite S video and it converts it to HDMI. And it also runs on any like phone charger or if your TV has a USB plug. So you don't even need a charger. You can just plug it into your into your USB plug on your TV and that powers it.
0: And this actually does matter to us. It mm-hmm. auto detects NTSC, PAL. It sure does. Um, and even CAM, so all those French games we play. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think I own a single French anything, but no. there's but not I, a whole lot of C Cam out there. My C
2: D thirty two looks amazing on it. I mean it is it's beautiful. That's cool. And I've tried uh, my N sixty four. Looks I, I actually have a converter to hdmi cable for my n64 but that the retro tank makes it look much better
0: so that thing what i do worry about when i see this mm -hmm. um first of all it looks like a great product Mm -hmm. great price for what it is especially since everything else in the market is so much more um they want my only even the plastic is it's pretty good quality plastic it's see-through and uh, Mm -hmm. purple but which makes you think cheaper but it's not it's solid it's it's kind of a weird shape like it's not there's no flat side to it so it kind of just wobbles on your table which is kind of Interesting. Well, Whatever.
2: The tr- well, the truth about it is that it hangs off the back of my TV. I don't even put it on. a console. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: It just yeah, hangs there. That makes sense.
2: And um, it it works brilliantly. It is a great, and it's seventy bucks. But what $69. I what I
0: worry about is because it is. So when you buy this, I'm just going to go on a limb here, just from what I've heard from other people. Um, the just looking at it, it's one small board with a few components on it, mm-hmm. not a whole lot to it, which makes me worry because what you're paying for is the guy's algorithm and his program and his research, his development, all that stuff, and that's worth money, and, and it absolutely should be. Yep. But what happens when people do this is something simple like this will start showing up on Alibaba for 20 bucks. Sure. Call the Retro Tank asterisk. Yeah. And that's what I'm worried about. I don't want this that's guy why this I hard bu- work and his... Basi- I, I'm sure he... I th- I mean, agree. this is his probably his main job now. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 w- I worry it, about that. But. I
2: bought it right from his... When I heard that he was making these, no Kickstarter, nothing like that, he was like, hey... During the summer, I'm working on this, and when I, when I, when they, when it comes out on the website, I'm going to have enough to cover all the orders. Perfect. And I was like, I man, it. I love that. That is, that is a great philosophy. Boom! It showed up. I bought it. I had it in my house in three days.
0: He's, he's in San Diego. That's what happened. to Me in the Evercade. Oh, I didn't know he was in California. Yeah, he's Uncle out, boy. He's down in San Diego. San Diego. So
2: someday, I mean, if this works out really well, I might buy one of his more elaborate products. But I don't really have anything component that I really need to
0: convert. So solid. Yeah. Uh, quick uh, Commodore 64 game of note. Um, as always, I, I hop on Indie Retro News and every day a ton of stuff or a ton of systems come out. Yeah. Um, not enough time to mention all of them here, but this one does look like the next big one for the Commodore okay. 64. Of course, we're waiting on the next release from Sarah Jane Avery. Of course, the uh, Soul... What's it called? Soul... F- Ooh, shoot, I forget. Soul something. The, the vertical shmup yeah um, horizontal shmup i'm sorry Hor- I, I don't anyways yeah really looking forward to that but other than that this looks like i don't know if you've seen this game or i haven't you... it's called a pig quest okay and this is being made for the commodore 64 and look at this i mean it's a little um it, it checks boxes for me it's a little uh, flip screen single uh screen platformer but you're it's it almost has a guns and uh, not guns and ghosts a ghost and goblins kind of feel um, actually, it does have a very guns and ghosts kind of feel, the way those things move.
2: Yeah, the funny thing is the tree part looks a little like bare essentials, but the graphics are so much more detailed, and you can fire,
0: whereas yeah.
1: bare
2: essentials you can't.
0: And yet, when you fire, you throw a spear like uh, ghosts and goblins. Yeah. Um, I should probably have looked up who is making this, but it looks really good. In fact, here, it's a link to Twitter here, so this should tell us right now. Oh, it's Antonio Savona, so I'm buying it. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, he made... Um, He's a legend. Fix-It Felix Jr., and he, he made... Um, I'm blanking on the other ones. He made a ton. Of, all his games have been gold. So, yeah, I'm buying that. That's not even a question. Um, cool.
2: Well, it looks. It looks beautiful. I will be getting that as well.
0: Kind of like you got an Amiga game recently.
2: What did I put down here?
0: <laughs> I think we should make an effort to make a segue. No matter how difficult or how bad we do, we have to make a segue in between every link from now on.
2: Okay, for the show at least. I'm gonna try it. All right, let's do it. Okay, so uh, on the Amiga, I noticed on the Amiga platform. So you played vegetables, vegetables Deluxe on the Commodore 64 during one of the competitions or something, right?
0: Uh, no, it was right before it was going to come out on cartridge. Okay, and, yes. And
2: you played it and you liked it, but you noticed there were some downsides to that
1: game.
0: There was, but no one else had mentioned them. Okay, and so I think I don't know if there was something with the timing on my system or maybe it was PAL and I was empty, it. But basically. I'd make a match, yeah. And as stuff fell, it would just make matches. Like I would literally go twenty seconds before I could even play again because there's so many matches. Like, oh, that's I mean that's a good thing. I couldn't thing. stop.
2: I mean, if there's a cascade waterfall effect of matches, because yeah, but it was stuff.
0: constant. Like there was no. I I played for like hmm. a half an hour. I'm like, does it end ever? I don't like. It, there was oh, no weird. challenge whatsoever when I played. So it was weird. That which, is weird. Which I've seen videos, and that's not the norm. So I don't no. know what was going on with my my copy.
2: So I got the Amiga, which supposedly fixed a bunch of issues. Okay. Um, so i never played the original because i don't like puzzle games but i i decided hey i'm gonna try this on the amiga download it and i loved it i loved all the different modes i had a blast playing it um one thing that happened to me though during playing it is i got to level i think 12 on the shopping the, sh- the shopping mode do you remember that it's called shopping, shopping mode. mode i don't remember that um so there's this thing called shopping mode where you have to there's a list, a shopping list of vegetables you have to get, and you have to do the matches and oh, that know, sounds fun. Clear them all to zero, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I, oh, man, I was, I was ripping this up. I was like, oh man, I'm doing so great. I'm on level twelve, and then it crashed. And I was really? like, oh, this is not happening. Now, it, it could have been my Amiga, so I'm not going to blame the. It Didn't guru? It didn't. It, well, no, it just, it just stopped. <laughs> huh. But anyway, so I. I, I did play, I, I must have played it for about an hour, and I loved every minute, and I, I keep going back to it when I want just a chill night, when I don't want to think too much about a game. I play Vegetables Deluxe on the Amiga, and it, it, it is awesome. Now, this other game, Magica, have you seen this one?
0: Is that also on the Amiga, Eric? <laughs> well, this is, I was, was going to transition, but this is this <laughs> isn't to a new one. Speaking of the Amiga.
2: Um, so, this is another game out on the Amiga called uh, Magica, and it is by our friend... Juan, Juan Martinez. How do you say
0: it? I try, I'm trying. How did try, Tim say it? I Tim? Wanna, he said Mar, it's Martinez, but you don't pronounce the Z as Martinez. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I'm can't. i sure I'm doing it wrong, but yeah. that's how I heard it. But So he made this game originally on the Amstrad CPC. I have played it on the Amstrad when I got my M4 cart and my Amstrad from Tim. How'd you like it? Uh, it was probably the game I played the most when I had that all set up.
2: It is a beautiful a game. Solid,
0: solid. It's almost a little,
2: little like Bubble Bobble, but I mean, you... Yeah. Yeah, you're basically running around and you're finding potions, and that's more or less convert.
0: what what Juan does. He makes really solid games, and he playtests mm-hmm. them, so their difficulty curve is great. Yes, and they're usually a, a known quality game. Yep, and he'll make a small tweak to it to kind of make it his own. Yeah, and it makes it just fresh enough to be solid and fun and great.
2: Yep, and that, I never played it on the CPC, so this is my first time playing it on the Amiga, and it is converted by Andy Noble. Ah, uh, so it was originally designed by Juan Martinez. It is converted by Andy Noble, and I loved it. I played it for quite a bit, and I want to go back to it and ch- try to get through more levels. But it is a beautiful game, yeah. uh, totally solid game. So, and yeah, uh, we can go back uh, if you go back to episode twenty-five of Pixel Guiden. Pixel Guiden. You can see uh, Tim's interview with Juan, and it was a great interview.
0: That's right. If you went back into the Pixel Light Guiden catalog, you'd also notice that I. Did a uh, product review for a uh, Adam power supply from Commodore Forever, mm-hmm. and so I have some more Commodore Forever news Eric. Whoa! You see how I did that? That was a nice transition. That it was like, kind of long. Um, let me let me pull this up. So I haven't heard of this thing mentioned anywhere, and I don't understand why. Okay. Um, have you heard of the shuriken? <laughs> no, or shuriken. Shur- it's I- the ninja throwing star, right? The- I-,
2: I have. I do know that that's what it is. So I wanted one when I was a kid.
0: Okay. So here's the thing. Every once in a while, I'll just go on to my, some of my favorite vendors' websites and just check. Yeah. Because some stuff pops up, and they don't put it under new items, or they don't advertise it somehow, or I just never... Heard, typically, all the big stuff you hear about in the hobby. Right. So, this is something I have actually had use for recently, and I am going to be picking one of these up. This, <laughs> first of all, it looks like an Ninja It Star. looks
2: like a shuriken.
0: How cool is that? You can get this thing. It's a little PCB board. Yeah you can get it in black red yellow or white and you can see the edges edges of it there's a hole in the center yeah and there's the edges of it have um like a ground you know how when you have a pcb board the the grounds on the outside right yeah so what this thing does is if you have a commodore where um if you actually watch this video you can watch um i'm totally forgetting his name right now but he totally hooked me up with this power supply good dude um so, anyways, you can rip that entire big modular bo- modulator box that always goes bad on the back of your Commodore and makes right. everything dim.
2: Yep, and gets all rusty and ugly.
0: Yep, and you just pop that around the top, and, and then it looks it- like a ninja star, and it, it completely replaces the RF modulator. Oh, but it's does it still serve as a modulator? So the so the the modulator on the um, on the Commodore sixty four yeah, uh, actually isn't just to produce RF. It actually produces the video signals in there too. The composite. So signal if that goes bad, that. you yeah. lose your composite. Okay. So what this does is makes a super crystal clear, composite signal. Oh, nice. So that, um, and I'm gonna. I have a board that everything works on the Commodore. All the tests run clean, but it comes up just super dim, and I, the colors are like hard to distinguish, especially with the light blue on dark blue uh, basic prompt. Yeah. And this should fix it. So I'm gonna pick one of these up, um, and then he also got. A uh, another item here, which is called the rapid fire modulator, and uh, this this one's more more fun than it is uh, mind blowing. Um, but basically, it's called the Q36 rapid fire modulator for yeah. twenty nine ninety nine. By the way, the the Shuriken is only eighteen ninety nine. Okay, that's cheap, I, and it's the coolest looking thing. It is cool. You know what I you know what I might do? <laughs> I might get that board, put this thing in there, and then try to get one of those translucent cases. Yeah, that, that would look cool. That would look cool. Um, so anyway, this this thing pops into the side of your your Commodore sixty four, plugs into both of your joystick ports, and it has uh, two functions. One of the functions is it will when you press a button, it'll switch the ports. So, yeah. so it's a
2: joystick switcher. Yeah, it's a pretty, joystick pretty switcher. popular,
0: yeah. And then you also have two buttons on the side, um, which will help you decide if which one of those you want the button to have rap- rapid fire. Oh, neat! So it's just kind of a two in one. Okay, um, And then you actually have a dial on front, the top to, to show how fast you want that button to be pressed Oh wow. So if you want to go play an old shmup You can go ahead and dial in Exactly how fast you want it to shoot um, A lot of those old games kill me Because if you like hit fire too quick yeah. Then you, you do like three shots And then it literally can't fire anymore Just the limitations of the system So it just waits until they leave the screen Then you can fire again So you can set that to be a nice stream of uh, bullets or whatever
2: Oh pretty cool
0: um, Yeah a couple cool things in there those are neat peripherals, and that's twenty nine ninety nine. Cool. What All do we right. got here? Um, I don't know, Eric. How are you gonna? How are you gonna hop into this next one here? <laughs> <clears throat> I'll take a sip of this beer while you get there.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of Commodore 64s, s, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a new game. Yeah called zeta wing by sarah jane avery and this was brought to us by tim who's not here to say this it was
0: put on the list by tim but let's be honest if he didn't put this here we would have we were going to be all over it
2: (laughs) yeah because we did play this a lot Um, a lot so this is a c64 mega Schmup, as tim says it in here And when this came out, uh, I had I wished I had more time to play this because I know you and Tim played it quite a bit. Oh my
0: gosh, I played I put hours into this game. So I
2: probably put a solid hour into it. Unfortunately, I just didn't have a lot of time this month.
0: Seven or eight hours. So I want to
2: jump in. I'm going to definitely play it a lot more. It is one of the games I tested my bare metal Commodore sixty four. Oh cool. It plays it perfectly. Of course, I mean it 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 it's a brilliant game. So it is a vertical shmup. Um. Very similar
0: to her last game, Neutron. I think it was built on the same engine.
2: Yeah. Um, But I'll let you go ahead since you played through it more.
0: And I'm going to make an assumption here. I'm pretty sure she built it off of the previous game she released, Neutron. Yep. And what I saw on Twitter is we were all waiting for her, her new game coming out, which I still can't remember. Soul something. Right. Uh, awesome-looking side-scrolling with mind-blowing graphics and the things she's doing are crazy. But to take her mind off of that, when she got to a hard part, yeah, it looked like she would say, all right, let me just work on another game just to clear my mind and come back fresh. Yeah. And this was a game she created kind of off to the side. Yeah. Now, the thing I'm not quite sure about, um, Tim regards it as a mega-shmup. Okay. And you say it's an amazing, or what do you say? You said a... Uh, a some just really high praise right yeah
2: yeah i i think it is great i think it's a fantastic game
0: what makes this game great Mm -hmm. and what i've told her online and other people what makes it great is it's been she now she worked she worked for sega and a few other companies yeah she made games commercially and professionally Mm -hmm. and uh I, i mean this one's being sold for money so that's professional too sure but it's been play tested And, in fact, I've seen her put videos up saying, hey, I'm trying to figure out when this happens, this feels too quick, and I don't think the player will be able to react. Yeah. She has that mindset where how do I position enemies? How do I make this game fun and challenging and satisfying? Like, how how do I meet those requirements? Yeah. This game, I would say, except for some really cool parallax tricks she does, this game isn't technically impressive. Okay. But it is masterfully designed as far as level design... Um, the picking gameplay elements that make, make it feel satisfying and fun. Um, I did play this on medium and we're going to talk about this on the next episode and catching up because Tim and I aren't going to be able to shut up about it. I played it on the medium difficulty right when you turn on and you can tell that was the sweet spot. If you put on easy, it becomes easy, but it also becomes like stagnant because there's kind of spaces in between enemies and you're kind of waiting. If you put on hard, it's like, oh, she had to add one or two ships to every, every, um, swarm every what do you call it yeah um just yeah and trying I, to make it harder and it almost like you couldn't get them all like it wasn't possible
2: and i only played it on the normal <laughs> setting whatever it started with i is that's the only one i played on. no, i know i think tim i think tim started on easy
0: everyone, um, everyone's different everyone does it their own way yeah so anyways i think this is a great game i don't think it's a um uh, i mean it is i would even probably maybe say a masterpiece but i don't think it's brilliant as far as technical i think that game is coming from her yeah and i'm I can't wait to. And if this comes out on a cartridge, um, I would. Uh, some people would say it'd be cool to see all three of her shmups come out on a cartridge. That would be cool. That would be. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, if her new game comes out on a cartridge, I will be buying it. If this game or Neutron came out on a cartridge, I don't know because cartridge prices are very high for these games. Sure. Um, and I've already played it at this point. Let's be. I'll be honest. Right. But um. But money was paid for it, and she was compensated, and I I I will buy anything she makes at this point. So. Yeah. So. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. Tell me about whale, whale, whale. Speaking what, of fish, Speak uh, <laughs> a fish,
0: did we talk about It's, it's fish? a mammal, dang it! It is a mammal, dang
2: it! It's a mammal.
0: Uh, all right, let me, let's try this back. <clears throat> Anyways, that <laughs> was Zeta Wing. Yeah, uh, by Tim. Uh, well, Tim sent it in. That was Zeta Wing by Sarah Jane Avery. You know what else has uh, wings? Kind of, it's more like a wing of the sea, Eric. <laughs> wing of the sea would be a whale. Woof! Um,
2: <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs>
0: Okay. Oh, am I gonna get a what, no, Eric? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the crowd did not like that one. No, but they gave me a chance to take a sip of beer. Um, this was funny. So, long story I never short, heard of this? Lo- well, long story short, um, there's a news article here. You can check the links in our show notes here. Basically, uh, internal development development at Sony PlayStation headquarters or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know that world, but. Apparently they they make these little programs that help developers and do different things. And there's this program put out that apparently it was just a, a boring screen with like a little cursor. Almost looks like DOS. And it basically had a few little check boxes to see if your game was correctly communicating with their server to um, to keep track of like uh, purchases or okay. or things like that. Some yeah. kind of like trans, transactional thing. Yeah. Anyways. Somehow this accidentally got placed on PlayStation Network Store for 49 cents, <laughs> and it's popped up. And what the title was, and I guess it's like an internal code word for whatever this program was. Was whale, whale, whale. Look what we have here. Wow. <laughs> I just thought it was crazy. Yeah. And they totally posted it, and some people downloaded it for 49 cents.
2: Like they'll just buy anything for 49 cents. Yep. Like okay, uh, man,
0: I'm sure they can't do a jack with it, but. It's just hilarious that that, is hilarious. that they put it out there, and I just love internal code names because it shows that that companies, corporations have personalities underneath somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. whale, whale, whale. Look what we have here. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, in fact, whales are actually migratory animals. Yeah. So sometimes they'll be in I don't know Europe, or they'll hop over the Atlantic and be in uh, in the United States, and they might even head over to Portugal.
2: Portugal. Speaking of Portugal, did you hear about? <laughs> That There is a ZX Spectrum museum now open in Portugal. I had no idea. <laughs> really? <laughs> have you Have you seen this? Mm-mm. So it, I really haven't. The, but... mu- the museum is called Load ZX Spectrum, and if you go to the website that's on here, you will see some interior pictures. And like from the outside, it just looks like a kind of like a. There's a giant ZX spectrum like a forty eight K Specky on the on the side of the wall. Yeah. Like when you go to when you when you're looking at the building. But when you go inside, it actually looks very modern. And they go through the history of the ZX Spectrum, all of its clones, all of its the different permutations of the hardware.
0: Yeah, I'm looking uh, at some of the pictures. They have some pretty cool like nineties era TVs shoved yeah. in a wall here. Yep.
2: So I don't know, man, if I if I ever get to Portugal, which I I don't know, maybe someday, I would love to pop into a museum like this.
0: Hey, I don't know about you Eric, but if we get a few more Patreons, I say we fly to Portugal. We fly
2: over there and do a live show inside the museum. So if you want awesome. to send
0: Eric and I and our families to Portugal for two weeks, please sign up <laughs> for our Patreon awesome. and donate a few dollars.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. But look, they even have a Sinclair C5.
0: This seems, So I see this thing all over yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. This dumb little like mini motorcycle thing that can't go very fast. Right. People are enamored with this thing. <laughs> So,
2: you gotta listen, listen, <laughs> listen, Cody, listen.
0: Hey, I buy some old stuff just because it's old. I get it. You gotta but. imagine,
2: I think the C5 came out in, what, 85? Yeah. I think. I mean, I might be wrong on that date, but in 85, you didn't see battery powered, like fully battery powered, no gas, electric vehicles of any kind.
0: I mean, especially not ones that could kill you so quickly. Of course. <laughs>
2: But this one had turn
0: signals. You could get and I- hit by a, what is, what's that, a Reliant Robin. Is that the little tiny three-wheeled vehicle from right. England? That could kill you. I don't know.
2: I, I think they're pretty neat. I mean, they wouldn't be too practical today, but the, at the time, I think it was... Uh, you know, someone was trying to... God, do you, do you remember um, when the Segway was a big deal? Like, oh, yeah. Like, before it even came out, they were like, this is going to revolutionize downtown areas.
0: It did, because... Here in Elk Grove, yeah. I used to live on the other side of town, Yeah. and every time I drove to and from work yeah. at at evening, at dusk every night, there would be families out there. I don't know if it was. A, there was a, a, an organized event where they were doing Segway Croquet. Oh, wow. Every like weekday evening, they're out there with, with yeah. mallets on their Segways playing Croquet.
2: Yeah, but I remember Segway's being like this is going to change the world. We're not going to have to walk anymore. And it didn't do change anything.
0: Did you see uh Wally? Um, <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I think that was kind of what this was about. Like, hey, we want to make clean, battery-powered vehicles and stuff.
0: I love that it was commercially produced, and the guy was crazy, and he just said, whatever, I'm going to sell it. And something got out there.
2: Without these people, I mean, you wouldn't have innovation. So, I mean, I think it's pretty cool.
0: So, quick shout-out to uh, another MIGA's Network show, Mm -hmm. uh, which is This Week in Retro. Yeah, which is actually our news. If you listen to our news right now, it's us talking about stuff we want to talk about that's news to us. Yeah. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. It's not. This is not like hard hitting, <clears throat> accurate time time accurate news. No, but uh, but yeah, boat and uh, Neil. Yeah, retro man cave. Retro, from retro man cave uh, have that show, and they were talking about this on their show. Yeah. and it's actually being remade. It's being reproduced now.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. I, I heard that they, it's almost. I don't know if it's a, it is a Kickstarter, but it is something like that where. If they reach a certain number, I think they'll start making them or something. It's something like that. and it actually is a family member of Clive Sinclair, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's, a, it's yeah. a son
2: or something, right?
0: Yeah, they are are related somehow. Correct.
2: So I don't know. I think it's pretty neat. I I do, I do
0: think I'm having fun making fun of it. I think it's crazy, and honestly, I'm if if the price was right, I'm weird enough to just be like, whatever, let's try it. Let's sure. I know. it's a it can only go up in value because it's weird and niche. So yeah, you know me. If I can get on something weird and niche, knowing it's going to only go up in value, I'll try it. Right. Yep. Um, so
2: anyway, um, it, it, it the this the, that C five Sinclair is not free. It's not. You have to pay money for it. But speaking of <laughs> free things,
0: oh, I see what you're trying to. do. next leave. thing. I gotcha. Okay, I had a, I had a good segue, but we'll uh, go. We'll oh, go. I'm with sorry. That. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Go Eric. Ahead. Yeah. Eric. What? You already gave us the segue. I, I did. I tried. You literally discussed the segue. <laughs> the segue, exactly. <laughs> the real we segue. We said we were going to put a segue in between every unit. So, croquet, mm-hmm. boom. Rocket League, free to play. Next topic. Next topic. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all there is to say. Rocket League is obviously was a huge online uh, game mm-hmm. on all kinds of systems. It was always about 20 bucks. And I've always wanted to dip my toe into it, and I, I put it in my shopping cart probably five times over the years, and just never pulled the trigger. Okay. The main reason being, I have never been an online gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to. I would love to. But I don't want to play against random people that are really good and like try to spend lots of time getting that good. Yeah. I would love to find other people who want to play that game with me and just, as buddies, play it together online. It's
2: kind of a toxic environment online, so I don't enjoy playing online as much as I... I- i could i guess but i don't know with yeah. rocket league i bought it i did buy it because oh, did? Okay. my son bought it for his uh computer and he played it and loved it and so i thought you know what i'm gonna buy this and i'm gonna play with him so and I, we're gonna be
0: best buddies. yep
2: so i bought it and then he got out of it of course that's how it works yeah so like <laughs> i
0: i played it a little bit but i gotta admit i didn't play it much but the time i did play it it is a fun game i've heard great things yeah. um uh, it's, just, it's one of these games that I've always wanted to try. It seems so bizarre, but cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that it's free-to-play, I'm definitely... Actually, I already downloaded it. I haven't tried it yet, but I did download it on my PlayStation 4, actually. But, yeah. um, you know, Rocket League, free-to-play, there you go. So, um, Rocket League is not playable unless you use your PlayStation 4 with a power supply, Eric. That's true.
2: So here's one from Tim about power supplies. We're, Com- cr- we're crushing it. So here's Tim... Commodore Atari Spectrum PSUs by keylog.com. K oh, I'll have to open this up. K E E log.com. So here's what Tim wrote. Commodore Amiga C64 Vic 20 C128 also dual C64 1541 2 PSU. Also That's powers, good information. Also powers CD32 with LED display showing power and voltages. Ooh.
0: All right, so if you don't know what any of those acronyms are, yeah. Eh, sorry. <laughs> Not yeah. going to go over it.
2: You'll figure it out. Also, do also a new PSU for the Specky Plus Two A Plus Three with the rounding connector and new Atari XLXE SPUs.
0: Um, Long story I short, I got it up on the yeah, I got it up on the screen here. Yeah, and they're uh, some pretty cool looking power supplies, which uh, are notoriously difficult to. Um, to find, the originals are usually bloated, and you don't want to plug them in, otherwise you should burn up your computer. That's correct. And they usually have two different voltages with very specific pinouts. Yep. And these look like, these are, um, I mean, I have my one from Commodore Forever up here, the Atom. Yeah. Who also did a revision recently, and they're it's nice, it's solid, it's quality. Um, but what's cool about these new ones is they're a whole new mold, and they look like, um, almost like a built-to... Whereas mine kind of looks like somebody put a kit together and put a sticker on it. Yeah. Which is fine. Which is fine. It works. It works. But supposedly um, some of these, these have... Uh, quality. Molded cables and everything.
2: Yeah. So did, did, I think Tim said in here that some of them have displays that show the voltages. Yeah, like yep. that. That's pretty slick.
0: Yep. They have voltages built in. Which, by the way, I'm sorry not to derail, but which Commodore Forever does on some of their models if you, if you okay. choose that option. Yeah. Um, but if you look through here, you look through the, the design and um, there's so many different things inside of these power supplies for these computers. Specifically, you can't use an off-the-shelf power supply. Um, you're going to get uh, Ripple. You're going to get um, things like over-voltage protection in these units where you don't in the off-the-shelf power supply, yeah. um, which <clears throat> which again, if something goes over-voltage, you're going to destroy your computer. Right. Um, but these I- are, these look like a solid-looking solid, uh, solid to And they come with gray and black, depending on what your computer is. Yep. They kind of fit the style. The... Uh-
2: Twelve about twelve years ago, when I got into this back back into the commodore sixty four hobby uh and I got a machine, it was actually pretty tough to find
0: pow- third party power supplies. I remember seeing one that you yeah that you had made or somebody made for you and
2: yeah, and it was it, it, I'm glad it didn't burn my house down
0: uh but it had both voltages, but yeah, i remember I borrowed it for a while, and I'm like, no, I'm going to go back to my bloated commodore sixty four one
2: yeah. I mean, it, 12 years ago, it was tough finding anyone who made them, and there were a lot of schematics online to make your own, but if you're not into electronics, you know, that could be a little dicey. Uh, nowadays, it seems like there's a, v- a lot of very good alternatives to finding quality power supplies. So This
0: one looks the best. Yes. As far as the way it looks as a product, this yes. looks more uh, OEM than, than anything else I've seen. Yeah. And it comes with a cool little voltage gauge so that you can impress your wife. Wait, she doesn't care.
2: <laughs> That's what she doesn't care. <laughs>
0: um, so it's funny, it's almost like they're bringing back products from the dead. Yeah, Eric, true. Uh, which is what's happening over on the Vectrix. Yeah, because a new Vectrix arcade game was released, and I wanted to buy this so bad, but as usual, it's made in Europe and overseas. Uh, shipping, exchange rates, and shipping are just its too much for me. Um, but this game is called usa zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. and my goodness the packaging i want to buy it for the packaging yeah i have no idea how good the game is mm-hmm. honestly right it's a um it, it looks like a game where you have a little reticle yeah and you're just zombies and uh you know how it's cool the vectrix is a vector based video game system with a screen built in right so it's got these really smooth vector you know when they expand or contract or change shapes they do it really naturally um, so these zombies are coming at you and you're shooting them and you've got bullets and you have to shoot off the screen to get more bullets and it's like an on-rail shooter kind of a thing mm-hmm. uh, which is not on the Vectrix in any way shape or form right now to my knowledge um, but now they released the game for it and the overlay is killer because they show you how many bombs you have, they have a map of the United States um, which is funny because it's a game made in Europe but hey um, for you know us Americans are, are already aware that the world revolves around us, so it's right. just glad to see confirmation of that. Um, and anyways, so these different parts of the of the United States will will light up when there's like a zombie uh, outbreak or something. I don't know the entire story, but then you go to that area and shoot off zombies and try to take them out before they take you out. And you go to different parts of the United States. For a Vectrix game, it's really visually and um, it's more complex than a normal arcade game on a Vectrix. Looks super cool. The overlay alone is, like, the coolest looking one I've ever seen. And it comes with an overlay for your controller. Yeah. So when you're playing it, your whole uh, <clears throat> Vectrix looks different. And the actual PCB that you plug in, the game itself, is a zombie head. You can get it in either red or black. And when you plug it in, the two there's two LEDs for eyes that light red.
2: Nice. Like, the
0: whole thing just looks super, super cool. Um I don't know, Eric, if we both buy a set, it combines shipping. Maybe that's worth it. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it just it looks so cool. And <laughs> check the link in the show notes. Um so many Vectrix games not so many. There's a few Vectrix games that have been coming out with new overlays and I want every single one of them. They just they they are not cheap. No. Um. No, that's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that, Eric. Giving you a little bit of time to go ahead and get creative. <laughs> Anyways, you have <clears> the <throat> next topic.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to think come on want there. Me. Oh,
0: y'all, let me help you out here. Okay, Super- the Vectrix came out in the 80s, and so did this next system, the NES.
2: <laughs> That's true. Thank you. So there. I don't know if you've seen this one, Super Tilt Bro. I will
0: have to open that up.
2: Yeah, it is a uh, on the original Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES. Super Tilt Bro, NES, it's a Smash Bros. style game, which you can download. Listen, you can download now, and it's a platform fighter, kind of like Smash Bros., but kind of 2D on the NES.
0: I didn't realize this is a Smash Bros. style game, which actually I don't care for Smash Bros., mm -hmm. but any kind of multiplayer game with my 4-tap on the NES.
2: Now, you can download this right now and put it on EverDrive and play it, but the beauty is they're releasing a cartridge... That has, the cartridge has a built-in Wi-Fi chip.
0: I did see this. This is so cool.
2: <clears throat> and the Wi-Fi chip will join a server, which you, I, I think, from what I understand, you still have to get on Discord or something and, like, get um, some buddies to play, and I think there's a code or something you put in. And you can play real-time online NES. I don't think I've ever seen a real-time online NEZ game, and there's leaderboards and all that kind of stuff.
0: Alright, I'm gonna go out, <clears throat> first of all, that's Flippin' cool. Yeah, it's amazing. I want it. I'm afraid of the price tag. It's gonna come out. <clears throat> if it okay. comes out and it's like fifty nine ninety nine, yeah, I'll probably I'm gonna get that. That's cool.
2: I don't think it's gonna be super expensive because Wi Fi chips are literally like twelve bucks. I mean, you can get a Wi Fi chip, a high quality Wi Fi chip, yeah, to put in your own little projects for twelve bucks. So I mean, I can't see this like being hundreds of dollars. It's gonna be. We'll, pretty we'll, we'll see. I mean, it does yeah.
0: take time and labor to put that chip in and all that. But, yeah, but what i would think would be so cool if they made if someone made uh like a a base cart almost like a game genie yeah that added that wi-fi chip yeah and then we started seeing games come out plugged into it and it just created this nes online community yeah like here's here's future game and when we could hopefully back retrofit the um what was the game we played with your son
2: yeah yeah um Uh, i don't remember the name of it wizards mages Mages, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Mage. like little mages or something. Oh, man, yeah. I'm forgetting.
2: Nope, you're right. I micro, mean,
0: mages. Micro, micro mages. Micro mages. There yeah. it is. And if we could play it online and have little, like, and maybe the Wi-Fi card actually has built in there a little chip where it first loads up the, um, the lobby. Yeah. And then your game shows up in there. And then it says, okay, we're finding people in the lobby for that game. Right. Oh, that would be cool.
2: I, I like this trend, but there's nothing that would stop like the maker of Micromages to look at this tech and be like, hey, I'm going to make a cartridge with the Wi-Fi chip on it and just sell the cartridge. True. Listen, you know, we have Evercades, or Evercades, we do have Evercades, but we have Everdrives. Yes. So we just we can buy the ROMs and pop them on there, and it saves us having to ship and buy the cartridges. Yeah. But if cartridges came out with Wi-Fi chips built in where we could play multiplayer online games, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like, I'd buy more cartridges than as original cartridges. That's, if they, if that's they the did something app.
0: that I can't just do already, yeah. yeah. I, I do agree. Yeah. Or if they come with really cool boxes. The problem is when they come with boxes with maps and everything, they're like 100 bucks. Yeah. And if I don't know I love the game,
2: I can't do that. That's right. Me either. So
0: this would... This but there is, are games that I love that yeah. I'll go back and buy the cartridge. Right. Because I love the game. Yeah. Like uh, Vector Pilot. Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh, I, and I bought that, and I, I love Vectrix. Vector Pilot. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So this game, this Tilt Bro... I mean, Smash Bros. never came out on the Amiga. Um, that's just not a game that was on the Amiga. But do you have something to tell us about the Amiga?
0: Uh, miniaturize it, is what I'm saying.
2: Okay, tell me about that. <laughs>
0: so, have you not heard of this yet,
2: Eric? I have, I actually did.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> it did, this literally was just released today. That'll go ahead and timestamp when we're recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me scoot back here. Sorry, I have to go ahead and lean back here and make a weird position with my f- arms. So, according to um, a Facebook post by the same team that released the C- C- C64 Mini yeah. and the C64, yeah, however not in America yet, um, actually, it did, it did finally come out, didn't it? it came the out C64 just finally came out.
2: For pre-order or something. I mean, I don't think people
0: are getting them yet, are they? Uh, you know what? This is a side news topic. That's a good segue, Eric. <laughs> uh, Amazon.com. Boom. If I go here, Eric, there's a little search bar at the top. You type in the C64, and you see what. Po- oh, or I screw up and don't do anything right. Um, I'm gonna go th- do it a different way here. Limiting podcast. You know, if people <laughs> can visualize the way I'm discussing things, um, you'll notice everything is records right now. Because we'll I mean, that I, later. I definitely haven't seen there it is. Oh, November 5th, the C64, which is a full-sized Commodore 64 with HDMI output, emulator, box with keyboard, $129.99. Full-size, yeah. These guys guys. um, released a statement on Twitter, which is the most accurate of all sources.
2: Retro Games Limited is the company. Yeah.
0: Yes, and it just says Coming 2021 from Retro Games Limited And there is a dark shape And Eric, what does that dark shape look like to you?
2: It's either an Amiga 500 or an Atari ST <laughs> But uh... I think but Since they're heavy a Commodore I'm going to say it's the, it's the Amiga 500
0: Yeah, and if you look at the, the grill You can kind of see the ridges on the back yep. Which yep. is, I'm looking at my 500 and that's, that fits Yep. Now here's the question is, And this would be the real one for me is this a mini or is this a full-sized? The Amiga Five Hundred. I
2: think they would do a mini first. Yeah. I think so. Yeah.
0: And what do you think? I I don't want that to be the case. I don't. Want I would to. love. I would love for them to come out with something in between, and just not have both, and have it be smaller than because that thing's the Amiga Five Hundred is huge. If they came out with something the size of a Six Hundred and maybe just made everything, the keyboard smaller so it's fit or whatever, like, that would be cool. Yeah. But I don't need another Mini that doesn't have a keyboard that works. Okay. That's my opinion. Yeah. Fair enough. And this question would be for Tim. Mm-hmm. If the, if it comes with a controller, yeah. it would have to be the ZipStick, apparently. Yeah. From what he's told me, if the ZipStick was the... The d- de the controller
2: joystick for the Amiga 500.
0: Yeah, you know, they got the uh, Competition Pro for the 64. Mm-hmm. Yellow, the yellow buttons got square and now you got, yeah. Anyways,
2: I'd like to say I'm not going to buy it, but.
0: Uh, yeah, no. I'll buy it. Look at my wall of minis over there yeah. that I said I wasn't going to buy.
2: Yeah, I'd love minis and I'll probably buy it. I mean, I honestly don't play many of the minis I have now.
0: I, I buy it to put on the shelf and I know that ahead of time. Yeah. My wife hates it, but hey i know what i'm buying i know i know what i'm gonna do with it and that's why i'm paying for it so
2: for someone like me that 15 years ago was like oh you'll never see another product about the commodore 64 about the sega genesis to see even a product out on the shelf that is like looks like a little one of these machines i grew up with well i gotta get them so uh, who am i fooling i'm gonna get it
0: take my money yep that's interesting the uh the Amiga Mini, which uh, plays all kinds of old classic games we grew up with, huh, Eric?
2: Yes, it does. Speaking of that, <laughs> there is a new upcoming EverDrive Evercade, not EverDrive Evercade cartridge. So, as our listeners know, uh, we have been pretty positive about the Evercade handheld system that has uses interchangeable cartridges, and the cartridges are always twenty bucks. Um, there is a new one that is announced that is a a Indie Heroes Collection 1. So, Cody's going to bring it up on the screen here.
0: So, I got very excited when I saw this. Okay. Because, well, it's funny. Now I'll get more into this here in a second. But this is more or less what I was pushing for Mm -hmm. from Evercade. Yes, me too. Anyways, what are are we looking at, Eric? So, anyway,
2: if you can pull up the list of games, because I don't have that in front of me, um... There are they, they handpicked a bunch of um, basically indie games. indie games. Most of them have a retro feel to them. Um, but they picked a one one is called Flea. There's so hold on. It is fourteen high quality titles. So there's fourteen titles on here. One is Flea. Um, I don't know if there's an actual nice list. One is Doodle World. Um,
0: that game looks cool. It looks like you're yeah. someone is drawing on paper, a little platformer. Yep. Uh b- Super, Super Homebrew War, we played that at one of our game nights. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: Remember we did. Remember that? The four yeah. play,
0: that was a four-player NES game we played with the four-tap. Yeah. Um, and it looks, actually, what's interesting about it is when we played it, it was pretty rough. And it mm-hmm. looks like it's still pretty rough, honestly. Yeah. But um, there's some characters added to it since we played it. Okay. that re- le- um, They threw some other uh, characters from other indie games in there, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, this game, Nguna. Never heard of it. It looks, uh, the style almost looks like a GB... A um, RPG? Yeah, it does look like that, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: There's one called uh, Tin Dragons Alien
0: Cat 2. Alien Cat. Two. Alien 2 Cat. Alien 2 Cat, I guess. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Foxy <laughs> Land. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. Well, and here's... Now, well here's kind of what I wanted to get to. So there's 14 games on here. Yeah. Uh, they look like they are of varying quality, honestly. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Um, which is cool. I'm glad... I'm glad it exists, and I will buy this in a heartbeat yep. to try 14 games on a cart, physical media, give these uh, developers a little bit of money. <laughs> um, but what's really cool about this is I had always wondered, looking at, did this girl make this game? She's eight years old. <laughs> Hold on, Eric. Okay, first of all, we just talked about we don't own anything from a French game developer. Yeah. She's an eight-year-old French-Japanese game developer. Yeah. A uh, game is called uh, Chain Break. Yeah. And uh, look, that's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, so what this cartridge shows me, which I thought was really interesting, is I've always felt like all the games on their cartridges have been based on NES, Genesis, Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like just those three systems. If you actually look at the games, that's right. what they're from. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> And if you dig through this whole thing, like Twin Dragons is actually a, an NES game. I know these most of these games are NES games. Yeah. There's a couple for the Super Nintendo um, that were on here. Now, they actually have another cart that they had announced just before this one. Okay. And that was the Pico Inter- Interactive Collection 2. Okay. Uh, we had not mentioned this one yet. Of course, Pico Interactive is a, we, a guy we talked about on the show before. They already have We have, both have the Pico Interactive 1 cart. They do. And he bought all these um, few independent titles, but most of it is old games that he bought licenses to, games that never got very much love. Um, and it's interesting. I'm not going to buy this one. I'll, I'll be straight up with you. It's mostly sports titles. Okay. Um, and it includes 13 classic sports and racing games featuring, now this is funny, Hoops, Shut Up and Jam. Do you remember what that game was originally called? Shut Up and Jam? No. It was called Barkley Shut Up and Jam. Oh, really? It was a, This was a Charles Barkley game. Okay. But they took that and called it Hoops. Now it's Hoops Shut Up and Jam. Okay. Uh, brutal Sports Football, which is kind of like a Mutant League football-looking thing. Yeah. Top Racer, which is a, a kind of an outrun clone on the SNES. Soccer Kid, which is an Amiga title. Yeah, that's right. Although it did come out on Genesis. Uh, and they say, and Racing Fever. Now, I'm going to start scrolling through these games. There's a few more games. Set, summer Challenge, Winter Challenge, which are like... I guess want to be uh, winter games and summer games. Yeah, um, Eliminator boat duel, which is a, not a great game on the NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, soccer kid, even though it's soccer themed, is actually a platformer, so it seems really out of place. I
2: remember Amigos did a, a show on the Soccer Kid, and I don't think the, I'm not sure that the reviews were super high on it, but I mean, it's a
0: game that should be really good, but the the design of the levels got really weird. Okay, they wanted you to do some stuff that just wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, that's my review on it.
2: Ooh, Racing Fever. Now,
0: here's where I get excited. Yeah. We're gonna get down to the last three. Racing Fever. Yeah. Uh, and Football Madness. Yeah. Now, why do you think I'm excited about these two, Eric? I have no idea. These are not 16-bit games.
2: No? Look
0: They're, at this. Are they 30? 32- that is polygonal.
2: Yeah, so it's like a 32-bit kind Which, of PlayStation-style game.
0: And although I have no interest in playing this Football Madness soccer game. Yeah. It is a... I'm gonna call it 32-bit or 32-bit-esque. It is proving to me that Evercade can play some games that are not just on those systems that we already referred to those eight and 16 bit systems. Yeah. That's where I get excited. If I can play some PlayStation style stuff, or we can start looking at some of that stuff too. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: That is awesome.
0: Um, that being said, I won't be buying this cart. I will be buying, um,
2: what is the Xenocrisis Tanglewood one coming out?
0: yeah <laughs> October 2020, any day now, Eric. Apparently, it is October. I, yeah, I want this card now. So do I. This is what, and we'll get we'll get more into this and catching up. But long story short, this month I got really got really into records, classic vinyl, yeah, and hi fi systems and stuff. And what I've realized about myself in multiple ways is that everything old is new again. Right? Mm-hmm. Things got so f- available and free as far as old content. Yeah. That just became like, I'm not going to collect cartridges because A, the developer doesn't get money for those cartridges anyways. I'm just buying them from other people. right? And they just take up space. And they all look the same except they have a different label on them. You kind of help me get there. Get my EverDrive, pop it in. So what is going to make me want to buy physical media? Because I do love physical media. Yeah, And it is new things I can't get anywhere else, new packaging supporting new developers. And I found myself doing that with Vinyl. I want to buy an album again. I'm not going to buy a CD. No. CDs break and they fall apart and I have nothing to play them on. They're lame. So how do I show love or how do I feel happy with a physical purchase? Right. Vinyl. That's right. You get a huge beautiful piece of art on the cover, well, depending on who who made the art. <laughs> right. You get a new piece of vinyl you to take care of when you play a vinyl record. You you don't want to just put one song on. You just have this urge to put the vinyl on, put it at the start and sit back with a drink and listen to the whole album. It's a whole different experience. That's what I want from the Evercade. So when I see, even though I'm excited and I will buy this Indie Heroes collection, what I really want is more Xenocrisis. I want a package that lifts up and glorifies one game and says, this is a good game Here's the artwork to go along with it. You're going to plug us in. You're going to play through it. You're going to love it. This is what you have. Right. Rather than here's a collection of games, which is basically saying we know they're not great. <laughs> right. I mean that's kind of what it is. Even the old collection, Namco collections and stuff. They're like, there's we know or, these don't really hold up.
2: There's one or two great games on here, and the rest are kind of filler. Yeah. 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 And, and that's I kind of what you're
0: when you buy that. That's what you're admitting. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a little bummed that like I would, and this sounds really kind of productive for a consumer like myself. I would have preferred Inceno Crisis and Tinkerwood come out in separate cartridges for twenty bucks each. I would rather pay forty for each of those for to have both those games than have one game with the line down the middle saying it has both of these.
2: No, that's just crazy. Isn't that
0: isn't that isn't that just insane? <laughs> I think that's crazy. <laughs> um Do you not agree? I don't know. That's how I feel about it. I feel I like
2: think two is a pretty cool. I like I, I, I totally am on board with the big collections. Like there there's always filler. So there's one or two or three great games and then there's filler. But Xenocrisis and Tanglewood are both. You, we we know those are both quality, high quality games, and to have a twofer on there, I think that makes me want to buy it more. If it was individual, I can buy like the game for the my PC for twelve ninety nine or ten ninety nine or whatever it is. That's not
1: physical. Yeah.
2: I want to
0: have. I don't know. Yeah, we differ on that. That's okay. fair. Okay. Yeah. Agree to disagree. But anyways, that's my that's my feeling on the whole thing. I'm glad they have indie games on here. Uh, there's a couple of games I think may, I haven't played them, may be worth owning separately. Yeah. And I wish they had done that. Fair enough. But we'll see. Yep. I want to try this RPG. that look, It looks really good. It's Aguna or Anguna. Actually, it does say 32-bit on here. Look at that. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to figure out where, where, where that system was originally developed for.
2: Now a lot and, of these, a lot of these games seem like they take a lot more RAM than 48K.
0: 48K was a long time ago, Eric. It was, but tell me we about have a the- listener <laughs> who goes by the hashtag 48K RAM. His yeah. His name is Josh Malone, uh, and uh, I just want to give him a little shout out. He uh, he wrote in and was showing off some things he was doing on the Discord. Okay. So there's Josh Malone, which uh, I don't know if I put that actually in the Patreon thing. I probably should say that. If you guys become a patron of our show, you get access to the entire Amigos Retro Network Discord channel. Yeah. Which there's a lot of activity going on there. We have our own show under there that you could talk to, but you can also talk to people uh, on a variety of topics. Uh, Boat's kind of heading that up. Boat from the Amigos. Um, So each show has... A lot of them have multiple categories you can look into. So much discussion. Yeah, a lot of discussion. Um, So 48K RAM... Uh, otherwise known as Josh Malone, went ahead and uh, sent this one in. And it's interesting because there's, there's a couple things here he sent in, um, but the one here that, is, that we're going to consider news. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, there's a Twitter site that he pointed out, and it is called Can You Pet the Dog? And this is a real thing. like yeah. this, So this particular Twitter account is following eight people. Yeah. But it has four hundred and fifty thousand followers. Yeah, and all it does is retweet or list games, video games in which it is possible to pet animals.
2: Yeah, <laughs> which I like. I think that's cool.
0: <laughs> so many people like that. So many people are like, into that. Like, oh wait, like that game looks really cool. And I see he has like a horse. Can I pet it? And if you subscribe to this Twitter account, which Eric, can I point out something? Yeah. You and I painstakingly put together this fine show, along with Tim. Yeah. Make segments, plan research. Eh, half-ass research. Uh, sit in this room, sweat. Yeah. We do sweat. It's warm still here. It gets a
2: little warm here.
0: Um, we do all kinds of stuff to get our millions of followers. Now, yeah. this person doesn't quite have a half million, but they literally just post pictures of people petting video, yeah. video game animals. What are we doing wrong with our lives? Mm-hmm. I don't
2: know. <laughs> it, it is disheartening sometimes. <laughs> Eric,
0: no other segue we needed. That's the news. That's the news. We made it. Uh, which means... Another beer? I think it means it's another beer. Yeah!
2: My favorite part of the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, I've lost track where we are. There's that. There's that. Great. Eric, let's grab another beer Yeah uh, Take you- a few sippy poos um, I'm going to provide this one. Oh, sweet Now, I've got two here Okay They're both going to be um, experiments Are these, like, mystery beers? So I'm going to hold a beer in each hand Yeah And you're going to pick which one this episode Okay Hand A or hand B? Hand B Alright Eric, we are going to drink a beer that my wife bought uh not a pumpkin though (laughs) right? not a pumpkin all right although we did say we were gonna try to buy a good pumpkin beer for this month because of halloween and we didn't know we
2: didn't do it i didn't do it no
0: so my wife knows that i've been enjoying hazies lately okay she also knows that i've been enjoying sours the last couple years Oh, okay so eric what do those have in common
2: hazies and sours um What do they have in common? I don't know. The
0: answer is Anderson Valley. Okay. Hazy Sour. Who made Hazy Sour. I don't know how that's supposed to mix, but they did it. And that's what we're drinking for our next beer, Eric. I'm excited. (laughs) It sounds good, though. You should be excited. Let's go ahead and crack it. Here's what it sounds like when you open it.
2: Yep. I'm going to read this, though. I like reading the cans here. Yeah, please do. Anderson Valley Tropical Hazy Sour Ale. Ale with passion fruit, guava, and coriander. Ooh. Fancy. Nothing
0: like coriander in a good beer. 4.2 Four
2: point two alcohol content, which is great
0: for which is light for us.
2: Yeah, it's light for us, but I mean it's good refreshing sipping beer.
0: Next episode I'm breathing steel reserve. I'm still pouring. So this is a very light colored beer. Um in fact if you were They hatin',
2: they hating because I'm pouring.
0: <laughs> if you were at the doctor yeah, they would say you were looking quite healthy. Of this? After taking the P test, yes. Yeah. Um your kidneys are working just fine. Yeah. Not after drinking the beer, but <laughs> no, before drinking the beer. Uh, cheers, my friend. Cheers. Boom. Flake. So I've had this. So you go ahead. And, go ahead and take a sip. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick a, a rating scale now. Anderson Valley, of course, has a bear on it with like deer antlers. Yeah, we've had their Boont Amber Ale. We've yes. had that on the show. I enjoy that. I enjoy most of their beers. Yeah, I don't love any one of them, but I enjoy them. Um, this is a hazy and a sour. So I'm gonna say out of, um, out of fifty-five copies of Dazed and Confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: man, that's a lot of watching. Uh,
0: how many copies of Dazed and Confused? Because this beer seems confused to me. I, I understand mixing things, but hazy's and sours. It's good. You like it, huh? I'm gonna give it an
2: overall good, a good, but I'm gonna have to rate this because um especially compared since it's like a sour heavy show now.
0: I know, right? So we so just there, had a sour. So there I taste a, a hint of sour, it's not overpowering. Nope. It's not just, even as strong like as the fog we just had.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah. I wouldn't say. No.
0: And th- there's something about it where it become it's actually very light, which is yeah. not a hazy trait. Right? Right? Um so it's not it's a sour that's not very sour it's and not, hazy that's not very hazy. It's
2: not as like a carbonate it car- doesn't have as much carbonation as the one we just
0: had. Um, I almost feel like it has a um when you drink it, you get you don't get the sour until the end. Yeah. And there's almost a transition period that you taste in the middle where it almost um what's the word I'm looking for? Tart.
2: It is it is more tart than the last one and and it is, I mean, we're going to have to rate this the same as we did last one, so not about that it's a beer or not. It's it, How good of a beverage is it?
0: So I have had this one, and there's a reason it's been sitting in the back of my fridge, and I haven't pulled it back out. Okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Yeah. But I don't love it. So out of 55 copies of Dazed and Confused...
2: 55, okay.
0: I'm just going to give this a 30. Out of 55? Out of 55.
2: I like it. I'm going to give it a... Th- I'm going to give it a... 55. I'm going to give it a 39 and a half. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty high. That's house 40. (laughs) That's fairly high praise. (laughs) High praise.
0: (laughs) All right. We got our beers going. I like it. Refreshing. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I think it's time for us to check in with our buddy over the pond, Mr. Tim Drew. Already? On the already first on the first episode yeah right. tim's gonna talk with us next episode on october 31st but until then enjoy a little tea time oh yes hey guys how about we take a little break and check with our friend over the pond that's right
3: it's tea time with tim and coming up next on pixel Guy Den, it's tea time with tim On the last episode of Pixel Gaiden... What is a lucky dip, Tim? I think
2: I see one that says Air Supply. Lost yeah. in love
0: and I <laughs> yeah.
3: don't... Is that Air Supply or am I going to get know. called out again? <laughs> <laughs> We're singing the wrong song. Yeah, you got to be careful. Well, for a change, Cody was absolutely right. That was Lost in Love by Air Supply.
1: Lost in love and I don't know much it's
3: anyway back to this month's tea time with tim and what we were really talking about was the lucky dip i chose four random games out of two boxes on last month's show this is how it went let's go back in time to last month's episode so this box here is uh, i've put them into like full price games so these were proper full big releases and then these ones are budget games Alright, so start they, grabbing, they, they, let's they, see what you get here Several of on one. so ready? So I'll ready. this box first He's digging, he's digging
2: Those are huge boxes There's one there All I right. Haven't
3: looked yet <laughs> haven't looked. And another one <laughs> There Hopefully the games
0: and you just threw off to the side are still good
3: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Reach down That one
0: oh, that's, a, that's a gem right there and that one. Right. Oh, you, oh, you got zub <laughs> yeah exactly are we ready? Zub.
2: hopefully these are all g-rated it's not like mm. farmer's daughter or something <laughs> isn't
0: that a, <laughs> isn't, that a on <laughs> isn't that an online dating site what isn't that an online dating site
3: farmer's daughter farmer's daughter ready for the first one i'm ready yes so tell me what it is you're
0: playing yeah. hop it on hop the it. c16 or plus four so c enjoy or plus that.
2: four wow okay Can dig that out? have you played next hop it before no, you
0: <laughs> you're gonna have to dig that out of the boot. It's a Mastertronic title. Yeah, what? Night Racer? Night Racer on the Knight Commodore Race. 64. On the Commodore right.
3: 64.
0: This is actually really exciting. I'm not gonna lie. This is yeah, like a this Christmas. Is this is pretty fun. Like- I kind of want to play along, actually. Another Mastertronic <laughs>
1: Commodore 64. <laughs> nice. Two random pick. I love it. <laughs>
0: Ten Mark's, Ten Mark's going to hate that. I didn't even know they had a copy of that game, which is better than Galaga. <laughs> and Blockbusters.
3: Commodore. Blockbusters. That is a British classic 80s TV quiz show. <laughs> Block- I've never <laughs> heard of say, it. I say, I have yeah. no idea. So there we have it. It was decided on last month's episode that I would play for this month's Tea Time with Tim, Hop It for the C16 by Tynesoft, Night Racer, for the Commodore 64 by Mastertronic, Ga+ Plus by Mastertronic, again for the Commodore 64, and last but by no means least, Blockbusters for the Commodore 64. So without further ado, here's my thoughts on each of those games. Hop it for the C16 Plus 4 by Tynesoft Here's a quick example of the amazing sound in Hoppit for the C16. This has to be possibly one of the worst Frogger clones known to mankind. I think I would rather play the official port of Frogger for the ZX81 rather than this load of rubbish. After you finally get this thing to load, the first thing you're asked is if you have a joystick. So you have to reply yes or no. Then it takes you to another screen where there's a little animation played of the Hopit logo. Nice for the first time you see it. Then you must press space to start the game. Next you choose the difficulty and then start the game. We will talk about the game in a second, but as you would find out very quickly in this game, you die very, very often. And then you have to go through the whole darn sequence to start the game right from the beginning, apart from the joystick selection. And it gets very annoying very quickly. So about the game, Obviously it's a Frogger clone. This being a C16 it will be somewhat limited. The graphics are basic but functional. I guess your Frogger Hopper sprite looks somewhat like a frog. I am guessing that this is all character designed graphics so the frog itself whenever you go over something of a different colour has a black box around it. This brings us on to collision detection or at least the lack of it. The lumbering reactions of the main frog character aren't helped by the fact that if like me you're using the original Commodore joystick that came with the C16 it makes it almost impossible to play this game as the motion on the joystick and the detection of when you actually push up down left or right is very very limited. Playing it with keys is slightly better but this still does not get around the awful collision detection as the frog graphic is made up of four blocks or characters if you get past what looks to be traffic on the road car graphics are in the loosest sense you then need to tackle in age-old Frogger style tradition to hop from log to turtle log to turtle and then time it to jump right at the top of the screen to home and the safety of your lily pad. The problem being in Hop It is that actually timing the jumps is very very difficult because when you actually go to jump it doesn't always jump exactly at the same time that you push forward and that makes landing on the logs or the turtles or even just crossing the road extremely difficult to add to the difficulty you have a 30 second timer for each level this doesn't help when you're trying to get from the bottom to the top of the screen to the safety of your lily pad when your collision detection and the controls aren't the best. Once you reach Hopit's inevitable doom and lose all your life, there is one small mercy. There's a high score table to type your name in or your desired profanity which seems suitably fitting to vent your frustrations on the high score table, especially if you'd actually paid good money for this game back in the day. Let's move on quickly and we shall never speak of the game Hopit again. So now let's move over to the Commodore 64. And let's play some Night Racer by Mastertronic. This was published in 1986 and was written by Richard Applin. Boy am I glad to be rid of that awful Hoppit game. Let's talk about Night Racer. Night Racer was released in 1986 by Mastertronic and was available for the princely sum of one pound ninety nine pence on the Commodore 64. It's not actually too bad a racer considering that the C64 doesn't have the best track record for driving games, a tag that maybe has been unfairly handed down in the annals of time. If you're unsure about this, check out the racing game series that Rob Caporetto, Hellfire64 on YouTube, has done recently. He delves into some of the great racers that have been released on the C64. That being said, Night Racer may not be the best but it's certainly not the worst of the collection on the Commodore 64. The idea of the game is that it takes place at night. Well, that's obvious, right? Because it's called Night Racer. You are taking part in the Intercontinental Rally Championship. Oddly, one of the main IRC rules, and somewhat controversial, is that all cars be fitted with explosive timers that can only be diffused when you reach your checkpoint. If you don't reach each checkpoint within the allotted time, boom, your car explodes and it's game over. Crazy rules for a crazy race, I hear you say. So the main idea for the game is that you drive your car at night, dodge oncoming cars to get to the checkpoint to complete each stage. Loading up the game from the original tape as I picked out on the show is actually quite cool. Slap the tape in, rewind to be sure and also reset the tape counter as my OCD will not let me press play until I have done so. Loading commences and within 30 seconds of loading or so you will be presented with a game to play while the game loads. Yes that's actually a thing. The game is called Invader Load. It's a simple Space Invaders clone with the added advantage of some, some excellent Rob Hubbard music while it loads let's have a quick listen. So anyway, once you've blasted your way through some invaders the game eventually loads. When the game loads it loads to a black screen then some music starts playing with the words section one play a name so I type in my name S A N X I O oh no N I guess we're only limited to six characters here then okay so Tim it is. Pressing fire then enters you into the main game you are presented with a normal racing game view Small play window in the centre of the screen and the big old driving HUD taking up most of the rest of the screen. On the HUD at the bottom of the screen from left to right you have a map which funnily enough this looks like a map of your lower intestine more than a racetrack. Then you have three dials that do move but I'm not quite sure what they do exactly. Under the dials you have a gear indicator. Then on the right hand side you have a steering wheel and dials for speed and revs in the centre console. Controls for Night Racer are to make the car accelerate you press fire with joystick import 2. Changing gears is also required here. Pressing down changes your gears up one and pressing up goes down through the gears. You reach top speed by flicking through the gears as usual There is no brake as such so you just ease off the gas or flick down gears to slow yourself. The cars that come at you do not have a massive amount of AI but just enough to get in your way and be annoying. As you make your way to the first checkpoint the AI is not too bad. The cars are a little clumsy but normally you can make the first checkpoint quite easily. After reaching the first checkpoint you get a screen presented with your distance travelled, time bonus and your section time. After that you press fire to move on to the next level. There are four levels, I've not made it to the fourth but got close a few times but not quite got there. Overall it's not too bad a game that has a novel feature that if you load it from the tap file or the original tape you get the invader load game and that actually plays okay. I would have said that back in the day the £1.99 price tag for this was extremely fair there are worse f- racers released on the 64 for f- much more money. <coughs> outrun. Anywho, that's Night Racer, let's move on. Okay, so now let's talk about GA Plus. This was an unexpected gem that we pulled out of the box last month. This is originally a Namco arcade shooter and is the third in the Galaxian series being released in 1984 for the arcade and then in 1988 by Mastertronic for the sum of one pound ninety-nine pence. This was ported to the C64 by the well-known demo sceners Ash and Dave, or actually known as Ashley Routledge and Dave Saunders. The music was created by Jerome Tell, who has made some previous awesome SID creations for Hawkeye and both the Cybernoid games from Houston. Also, he was a member of the Maniacs of Noise. They were a demo scene group on the C64. He went by the name of Wave. When I picked this out of the box, I was so surprised that there was a release of GA-Plus on the 64. Then it got the neurons firing in my mind for some reason. As to sales of this, back in the shop I used to work in. I seem to remember this being a good seller because of its links to the demo scene and the fact that it was a great shooter and only one ninety nine. Loading this game up from the actual tape that I plucked out of the box was really good. The loader is quite quick but has an awesome tune running on the loader with some animation of uh, musical bars that ramp up and down in time with the music. Let's have a quick listen to the loader music. Once loaded, and you remember to stop the tape, you immediately notice that this game has the polish and pizzazz of a game coded by demo makers. The attention to detail has been paid to on the title screen and presentation with nice graphics, colourful fonts, and also that awesome music from Jerome. Let's have a quick listen. Getting into the game is simple. Pressing fire with the joystick in port 2 starts the game. From there you are into a great conversion of GAR+. The little bits of in-game sound and effects are great. The graphics are on par with the standard of this conversion. As for the gameplay, well, it's Gaplus. I won't go into massive detail but as usual with the Galaxy and Gallagher style games the nasties come in sequence waves on the screen and in patterns. The idea is to blow them up as they come onto the screen before they form a larger alien group formation. As usual along the way you have the challenging stages and the bonus levels. For me this game was a real gem of a find and is now one of my go to shooters on the C64. How about reviews? Well, this did split opinions at the time, with Zap64 giving it 71%. Now, for me, that was a bit harsh. Not sure it's groundbreaking in terms of original gameplay, but the presentation and music alone are worth getting this game for, let alone that it's a damn good game to play and a good arcade port, and they were few and far between at the time. In my humble opinion, based on the price and the quality of the game, it was a 90% for sure, a zap sizzler. Anyway, that's Gap Plus on the C64. Let's move on. And last and by no means least, Blockbusters from TV Games. This one's also from 1988. Blockbusters is a well-known TV game show from the 80s, first shown in the United States and hosted by Bill Cullen between 1980 and 1982. It then came back over in the States for another run in 1987 and was this time hosted by Bill Rafferty. However, this version is based on the UK TV show hosted by the legend that is Bob Holness. This was run in primetime kids TV slot and the difference here in the UK that it features school or college age kids rather than family members. Here's a quick clip of the UK TV theme from Blockbusters. (laughs) you <laughs> The game is essentially a current day and general knowledge quiz. The game was played across a board of 20 interlocking yellow hexagons, arranged in five columns of four. Each hexagon contained a letter of the alphabet. A contestant would choose one of the letters and would be asked a general knowledge question whose answer began with the chosen letter. For example, a typical question might be, what P is a musical instrument with 88 keys? And the answer, of course, is a piano. As it was two against one, the solo player had the advantage of going from top to bottom, so they would in theory have to answer one less question than the two players on the other team. It was played best of three. The winning team would then go on to the gold run round. The board was similar, but instead of single letters, there would be letters on each tile of the initials of a well-known phrase, place or name. The player had to get the correct answer to get correct interlocking sequence from left to right across the board. Winning would then get them today's star prize. So that's the game show. What about the Commodore 64 version? Well, it's actually a very faithful conversion of the game. It can be between two players, these either being one person against the computer or two people playing against each other. In the game there are featured six question packs you can choose from and when playing against the computer you can choose between six levels of difficulty. As you go through the game you are either blue or white hexagons. Selecting a tile on the board to answer the question you need to string together a set of correct answers to link from one side of the board to the other to win the game. Now. One thing about this game, not only is it a test of your general knowledge, but it's also a test on your spelling ability. You have to type each answer. It doesn't give you a multiple choice to answer the question. As these questions are from the 80s, they're hard enough to remember the answers, let alone how to spell them in the time limit it takes to answer the question. So that can be a little bit frustrating. So that's the gameplay. The graphics in this are suitable and faithful to what you would see on the TV. Also, the TV games version in the bottom right of the screen, you see a square where there's a digitised animation of Bob Holness, the UK host, and as he asks the questions, he animates or he nods or shakes his head if you get a question right or wrong. There are spot sound effects, as you would expect, and a short rendition of the UK TV's version of the theme tune. All in all, this is a great version of the TV show and if you fancy pitting your wits against 80s based question packs, then this might be a good one for you to choose. Just a slight disclaimer for this, I tried the tape version of this that I pulled out of the box, but the tape just wouldn't load, so I grabbed a D64 version and ran it from that. That's it for this month, see you on the next exciting episode of Tea Time with Tim on the Pixel Gaiden Podcast.
2: Eric's take this month, I wanted to cover BMC64. If you haven't heard of that, it is Bare Metal C64. And what that is, is basically vice for all 8-bit Commodore machines, but it runs on a Raspberry Pi without an underlying operating system. So I'm going to read directly from their website, which probably gives a clear definition to what that is bmc64 is a bare metal fork of vice's c64 emulator optimized for the raspberry pi it has 50 Hz to 60 Hz smooth scrolling low video audio latency and a number of other features that make it perfect for building your own c64 replica machine and here are some features of bmc64 quick boot time 4.1 seconds true 50 to 60 Hz smooth scrolling low latency between input audio video. No need to issue a shutdown sequence, you just power it off. Uh, Supports wiring real joysticks and a keyboard via GPIO pins. Uh, Supports a BM's, I'm sorry, a PCB for scanning a real C64 keyboards and joysticks, and I'll mention more about that in a minute. And there is a light version if you want to run it on a Pi Zero. Now my history on the BMC64 is quite a long time ago I had a spare Raspberry Pi and i decided to try this out so i got an sd card i i did i copied the necessary files to it i booted it up and it worked fine now i'm not lacking for any ways to emulate a c64 i have real ones i have fpga ones i've got a ton of them so i tinkered with it a little bit and thought it was pretty neat but put it aside basically just using a standard keyboard and um and a monitor and you know it was it was Another Commodore 64. So quickly kind of forgot about it. So what kind of got me back into it was that I saw that flack from the um, Sprite Castle podcast uses BMC quite a bit. And so I decided to kind of revisit it. But when I was doing my research on it, I found that there is a header for uh, the for BMC, which a header is basically a way that you can plug in a real Commodore 64 or VIC-20 keyboard and joysticks, and it supports the power switch and everything else. So it mounts inside of a real Commodore 64 and lets you use all of those ports. So when I came across that, uh, I, I did a little search, and on eBay I found one for about... Forty bucks, so I grabbed it, and I realized that I had a lot of donor machines that I could use because I d- used to do a lot of Commodore 64 repairs. So I have empty shells of motherboards that have long since been um, put on the he- on the bin heap, I guess. Um, but I- then I had another idea. I had this old Vic 20 that is a square key, pet style keyboard. Uh and I love this shell. Basically, it's the old gold label VIC 20. Um, it's in pristine shape, but I never really use it that much because the motherboard in it is one of the original ones, and it's so old that whenever I hook it to a monitor, it gives me a lot of wavy lines, and it's it it's a little cantankerous with, with a l with the power supply that I have. So I had this idea. What I wanted to do was build a BMC 64 system and use this VIC-20 shell, and what that involves is pretty much taking the motherboard out, which for all you purists out there, I didn't throw it away. It's still in my garage. It's still in a box. It's 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 fine, and what I'm gonna what my plan was to install a Raspberry Pi 3, which I had laying around, and this header inside of this VIC-20 and what you can do is you can plug in the keyboard into this header of the a real Vic 20, and you can plug in a, with a cable. You plug in a bridge that bridges the GPI, GPIO pins on the Raspberry Pi over to the header, and what that does is it allows you to use both joystick ports. Now, Vic 20s only had one joystick port, so what I did was I found a panel from one of the old Commodore 64s I have in the garage, and I slid that little panel into the side. So now this VIC-20 has two joystick ports, a power switch, and one really cool thing is you don't have to use original power supply. This header allows you to plug in a 12 volt power supply uh, wall wart that you can find anywhere. And I wanted to do this on my VIC-20, so I'm going to cover exactly how I did that and what I did and what was involved in that. But the first thing I want to cover are the pros and cons. So, The pros of doing a BMC-64 are that you're running Vice, which is an old emulator, one of the oldest for the Commodore 64, that runs really great. It runs the Commodore 64 nearly perfect. Um, But the one thing that grabbed me and that I really found compelling and why I really wanted to do this project was... The new version of BMC64 not only does the Commodore 64, but it also does the Commodore 128 in both modes. So 128 and 664 64 mode. Um, The VIC-20, the Commodore Plus 4, and the PET. So basically all Commodore 8-bit computers are covered in this one install of BMC64. So right there because i don't have a plus four um i have all the other systems but i don't have a plus four and plus my vic 20 output was never great so right there i'm getting a vic 20 plus four plus the 12864 and you can just switch to the switch to any of these machines on the fly so that was definitely a pro for me so that's in the pro field um Another thing is that this runs bare metal, so you don't have to worry about turning it off and on, like Raspberry Pi. Like if you're running any kind of emulators on Raspbian or whatever operating system, if you just shut it off, you could corrupt the underlying operating system. No worries with BMC64. You can turn it off, turn it on. Uh, It boots very fast, and you're not going to corrupt anything. Everything works fine. some of the cons, the only real con that I could find was that it, can t- it takes a little bit of setup and configuration in each machine. You have to go out and you have to find the official ROMs. Uh, that to me was a little negated once I found that you can download most of the ROMs from the Vice. Like if you just download Vice for the PC or Mac, it's in the directories in there for most of the machines. And the other ones you can just Google and find pretty quickly. Another con is since there is no underlying operating system, some of the functions you'll find in Vice aren't present because there are no those functions aren't there. One of those functions is uh, serial, so you can't use this to connect to BBSs or anything like that. There are no serial connections because those in Vice use the underlying system. So that's not there. Another thing is it does support USB controllers, but not all of them. So it's kind of a hit or miss thing. A lot of wireless controllers won't work because those use the underlying operating system for the drivers. But some of the more generic ones will work. Now, that's a bit negated as well if you're going to use real C64 joysticks, which is what I totally plan on doing, because now you have that header inside of the machine that allows you to plug in a typical nine pin controller. So with that Aside, let me get into the nuts and bolts of how I put this thing together. Uh, It was actually really one of the more simple builds I've ever done. So what I did is I took my VIC-20, I took the motherboard out, and I cleaned the case. uh, And then I put the header in right onto the side where the joysticks pop out. You're going to have to go on like uh, I got mine on Amazon, but you can get them anywhere. You can get these... um, legs that plug into the holes on the Raspberry Pi and this header that have adhesive on the bottom so that you can mount um, these little circuit boards and motherboards inside of the case. Um, and the adhesive is pretty strong, so they're not going to go anywhere. So the VIC-20 has a giant cartridge port out of the back. So what I did was I took the Raspberry Pi and I faced the USB ports out because one thing you can do to load new games is just put them on a USB card And plug them into the Raspberry Pi and so you don't have to keep opening the case over and over again. You can just access games right in the back of the machine. So basically I found the best place to pop the Raspberry Pi in there and the header. And you do have to kind of arrange it inside so all the cables will fit. Because I had to have a cable that went from the GPIO pins to the header. I had to have a a way to route HDMI out of the Raspberry Pi to the back of the VIC-20 machine. And I'll explain how I did that in a minute. But basically, once you find the perfect spot for them, you use these little standoffs and use the adhesive to just put them down on the bottom. Now all this is removable and I've done this before on my Commodore 128. You can go in there with a little putty knife and take the adhesive off and these pop out. I could pop back in that Vic 20 motherboard. I didn't damage the case in any way. I didn't drill any holes because the Vic 20 has plenty of ports and holes in the back. So, Basically, I mounted these, I popped in, um, I bought an H- HDMI extension cable. It basically plugs into the HDMI port on the Raspberry Pi and is just a little, I think it's a, like a, I don't even know if it's a foot cable that goes to an HDMI that you can just mount on the back of the VIC-20. Um, I used Sugru at first to glue that in, it, Sugru is a moldable glue, Um, And it worked perfectly, but the only problem was it worked too well. Whenever I plugged in the HDMI cable, it would flex that plastic on the VIC-20. And I I just didn't feel good because I don't want to break my VIC-20 case. So uh, ultimately, I just routed that short cable out the back. So if there's a little tiny, like maybe one inch cable lead that comes out of the back, it doesn't bother me at all. I might re-engineer a different way to do it. But that's it, and then once you plug it all in, what you wanna do is you take any kind of SD card, you format it, and then you copy the BMC files over to it, and and then you can read the instructions on the BMC64 website. You then load the ROMs in there, and you name them to a specific name that they outline on the website. You drop the ROMs in there, and you're done. And then you boot up. Now, when you jump into... When you first boot up, you'll boot right into a Commodore 64. Boom. Doesn't work. You type on the keyboard and it doesn't work. Because you do have to go into the configuration of every machine and tell it to use GPIO uh, configuration 2. And that is a setting under the GPIO menus. You'll see a bunch of menus. And the way... So, if the keyboard doesn't work, well, how do you get to the menus? You just plug in a USB keyboard into the back. So... Uh, And you're just going to use that temporarily for each machine. You go in there, you tell it to use GPIO Configuration 2, and then now your Commodore keyboard works, as well as the joysticks. So then from that point, uh, you want to go in there and configure things like uh, disk drives and, and all the different things for each machine. But at that point, every machine is functional. And then once you configure them to not use the USB keyboard and to use GPIO2, you can just unplug that USB keyboard, never use it again, and only use your Commodore 64 uh, shell or VIC-20 shell as the keyboard. It's slick. It works perfectly. It's very hard to tell the difference between it running that and a real uh, C64, VIC-20, Plus 4, or PET. Um, it, it, it is a great solution. It has run everything I've thrown at it so far. Um But anyway, once you put that SD card in, you really don't have to open the case again because everything can be done with the keyboard and going through the menu. And by the way, once you go to that configuration, you hit Commodore and I think it's Control. No, Commodore and F7 to get to the Vice menu. And from there, you can switch to a different machine. So if you're in C64, you can switch to VIC-20. You could hit Commodore and F7 again and get to the menus. You can mount any kind of disk or cartridge or tape that you want, and it will load that. Um, You can configure all sorts of anything. Anything that you can do in Vice, you can do on this. Um, Just having all the 8-bit machines in one machine, to me, is amazing. I mean, I think I'm just, whenever I wanna play games on 8-bit Commodores, this is gonna be the machine that I'm gonna use because it is just so easy. Uh, I played a couple of Plus 4 games that I had never played before, uh, Pets Rescue, and um, I think it's called Alpha Wave or something like that, it's a shmup, and it was great. I had never used a Plus 4 before, and I played these two games and I had a blast with it. Um, Now I can, uh, with my pet, uh, you know, my pet is a little cantankerous, my real pet, so I can just load up games on this and play them. Uh, It is a fantastic setup and really easy to do. And I encourage you to email me at uh, podcast at if you have any questions at all or reach us on our Discord and I'll answer any questions for this setup. But it was easy. I was done within an hour and I was playing games using my real joysticks, real keyboard. Uh, I couldn't be happier with the setup. So hopefully if you decide to do this, uh, this uh, segment has helped out. Anyway, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it, and I'll see you next month. We are back.
0: We are back.
2: I just talked about BMC-64. Tim talked about, uh, what did he talk about? All kinds of cassettes. Cassettes, that's right.
0: Again, at this point we still haven't heard it, but I'm sure it was great. Thanks, Tim. And you can catch Tim on the next episode of Pixel Guide on October 31st, Halloween night. Because you won't be out trick-or-treating, because that's kind of not a thing this year. No, it got got removed. So you can listen to Pixel Guide In, which is your new Halloween tradition.
2: But you know what I do want to talk about? What do you want to talk about, Eric? Zombies. Really? I want to talk about six good zombie
0: games. Six good games! With zombies. (laughs) <laughs> Zombies.
2: So one thing I want to, before we even talk about this, because there was some confusion, or not confusion, but when we talked about, because we were chatting in, on Twitter about this, I played probably 20 zombie games over a lot of different 8-bit and 16-bit systems. Yes. And they were garbage. Really? A lot of them were garbage, like absolute garbage. The, so, you, I, And I feel bad because I wasted a lot of time and I did eventually find three great zombie games. I wanted to try games I hadn't played before and I failed miserably in that. Um, I did, none of my You didn't uh, fail in trying. All three well no I'm sorry. Two games on my list are ones that I already played and but I love. And then one is a new one which I have to say is a fantastic and amazing game with a rich rich history a rich tapestry so that and there i'm saving is. that one for last but um okay but i will tell you i i did try really hard in this six good games because i wanted to try something new that's cool and and i i played a lot of garbage
0: okay that's cool i actually i mean when i came up with this topic a big part of it was because i mm-hmm. didn't have to play games and i thought we'd all just know six yeah. good zombie games so what i found was interesting yeah when i brought this up on the on the last episode yep tim laughed and said are there six good zombie games (laughs) and in my head i can think of like 20 yeah like i zombie games just click i they're a lot of them now there are a ton of them like zombies they are they have mass produced right um but i had no problem picking up my my issue was narrowing it down so in this case i actually did not do any extra research except for enjoying games i already love.
2: That's good that's good. And and i have to admit i mean
0: thank you for going the extra mile but
2: <laughs> when it comes to the survival
0: horror genre i am A zombie I, game doesn't mean that survival horror sure
2: but i mean i'm really behind in that genre but that's a big segment of zombie games you Correct. have to admit and i i don't i haven't played it's not that i don't like those games i haven't played a ton of them so um anyway we we should get into it um, cause we do have a lot of honorable mentions at the end, which I hope we'll just go through pretty <laughs> quickly. Um, I only, have, I only have one in the honorable mentions, but do you want me to begin or you want to begin?
0: Go for it, Eric. Cause if you're going to go in order here, which I think you are. Yeah, I think so. I was going to pick this game if you didn't. Okay. That's my segue. Oh, Good. I was absolutely going to pick this game, because it is not a survival horror game. It is
2: not. It's a fun game.
0: And it is a great, excellent game.
2: Yeah, and so the first time, I'll give a little history here, the first time I ever played this game, which is Plants vs. Zombies.
0: Versus Zombies! Which Ooh. I'm sure... Oh, we don't have... <laughs> no, I don't have... I was looking for a button here. Um, Sad? Uh, Plants vs. Zombies. No, that yeah. doesn't work. That doesn't work. No. <laughs>
2: So Plants vs. Zombie. when I originally played this game, it was on an Xbox 360, and I downloaded it. It was one of the first digital downloads I did on the Xbox 360, and I absolutely loved it, and I played it, and I'll describe it a little bit if... I mean, I, can't, I have find it hard to believe anybody would have not heard of this game, but well, I will describe it. But for this segment, I replayed it on the 3DS, which happens oh, really? to be a pretty excellent platform for playing this game, because the dual screens... Um, okay, yeah yeah yeah. It is actually a really nice platform for playing this, but originally cool. it was on the 360, but so the, in this game you start out, you have you see a field and it has like five rows and there are lawnmowers and the game starts with zombies marching towards you. Marching toward Now
0: really quick. Yeah. If I could.
3: You're sure. a layman, aren't you? I'll try and explain it in technical
0: terms. So what this is. Yeah. It's a tower defense game.
2: And I was going to mention that. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty much a tower defense game. Well, what happens is you first start off with um, little plants that shoot things across the screen. That's it. That, so you start building those to protect your house, I guess. Yeah, it's your house. And then if they beat you, if they eat your plant and, and your defenses that you build in that row, then the lawnmower kills them, but you only have one lawnmower per row. And then if they get through that, they, they get in your house and you die.
0: So, so, you're really only worried about horizontal yep. rows. Yep. I think there's six, if I remember correctly.
2: You're probably right. Um, maybe on 3DS they reduced it or something. I don't remember. But they increase the number, actually. Um, oh, really? They, they, like in the 3DS one, at least, I think you start with three and then increases to five or six. Oh, that's not Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, now, if you beat that first level, which, by the way, the, a wave of zombies comes, and then there, there's like parts of that wave where it'll be intense, like a lot of zombies, and you really got to start. Oh, they're always
0: super slow. Yep. So you're like crazily grabbing things and trying to buy things and yep. do things while watching this horde slowly yep. come your way.
2: And then as you beat levels, new new weapons pop in. Like there'll be a sunflower that pops up a little sun and you've got to tap these little suns to add more energy so that you can build more things.
0: It becomes your currency. It generates currency. It
2: generates currency. Um, Now, currency just happens on the screen, but you can increase the number of those by planting these sunflowers. And then the next level, you'll get these other plants that do different things and different things and different things and so on. So you keep building your arsenal, and then you build on each row a line of defense against these zombies. Eventually, these zombies get so powerful, they'll... Get down and they'll start chomping on your plants and you, you can put these. I think the rocks are all like nuts or something. It's a potato. Those? I thought a potato, maybe a potato, it's like a potato. Yeah. And you pop one of those in there and it's just simply designed as a wall. Like they it have slows to
0: them down. They have to eat their way through the potato first.
2: And while they're eating it, your other plant behind is shooting things at it, trying to like kill it and, and different zombies come once. Some will have like little cones on their heads and they're more powerful. It is a brilliant, simple, it's so fun. Time-wasting game that is just a beautiful, fun game. And I I hadn't played it in years, literally. I have not played it in years, and I just popped into my 3DS. So I was like, I'm going to play yep. this. Fell in love with it again, so I had to add it as first on my list.
0: I don't disagree. I love this game. And caveat. Y- yeah. No, y- you go first. What all saying. I was
2: going to say is you can find it nowadays on anything. Yeah. I mean, this game is on anything. And
0: here's the caveat. Yeah. Planet vs. Zombies 2 came out.
2: There's so many sequels,
0: yeah. And okay, yeah, to my knowledge, a direct sequel there's only Plants for the Zombies 2. Okay. And it is free, Eric. Which means the game is terrible. Yeah. Because every time you do anything, an ad pops up, everything stops. It wants you to pay for points. It does that whole thing and just ruins the game.
2: Yeah, don't don't buy that one, listeners. Don't don't play that one. Play I, the original
0: one. And from what I I don't quote me on this, I believe they retroactively at least on like mobile devices and things yeah did that to the first one too
2: oh that sucks so
0: if you can find a hard copy of this game yeah it's brilliant it uh, really is the one of the xbox
2: 360 for me was the first one i ever played and i loved it to death i played it to death i was just happy to find it on the 3ds because i'm nowadays i'm just more mobile than, than ever before yeah i and
0: would love it on the switch i mean
2: oh they would be great on the it Switch. Is,
0: it is a game made for a touchpad okay yeah in my opinion yeah so 3ds is great because you have the stylus and the mobile works well but i did it on a tablet when i played through it yeah um but i think the switch would be solid it has a touchpad
2: yeah now see the there have been many sequels because i know even now on on new generation ps4 and an xbox one there's one i see in the store all the time called plants versus zombies something something neighborhood correct
0: it's garden warfare okay it's a first person shooter is it really? Yeah. It has nothing to do with the original really? gameplay. Yeah. No, it's, it, I mean, they're in there. It looks kind of interesting, but it's a first-person shooter.
2: Wow. It's yeah. like Call of Duty Plants and Zombies. <laughs> it, it's kind
0: of, from what I can tell, it's kind of like Splatoon where it's almost like an arena shooter. Okay. But where you literally still plant things and they grow up and shoot, but you're like running around. It's But it's first-person. Yeah. It's a completely different game. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's, in, it's um, I've wanted to try it just to try it, but it's not it's not Plants vs Zombies. Let me hear your first one. My first one, Eric... Yeah. here's the segues are easy on this one. Speaking of zombies, yeah. um, my first game, I'm going to start with... Which one do I want to start with? So I had a tendency to go with a whole bunch of new stuff, because yeah. a lot of these zombie games are brilliant. Okay. And you're right. A lot of the older stuff, yeah, not as good. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Okay. I'll start there. On the Super Nintendo... Which, if you guys have played, obviously, uh, Ghosts and Goblins, and it's sequel, which is basically the same exact formula, just different levels and different enemies and updated graphics, ghouls and ghosts. Uh, A lot of people have played those to death. They're arcade games. They're extremely hard. They're made to eat quarters.
2: They are very hard. Very hard. My favorite version of Ghosts and Goblins is on Commodore 64, and that is a
0: tough nut to still crack. still a tough nut to crack exactly um they had a bit of the creature no it doesn't, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't there. work there. Okay. okay um but everyone knows those games yeah so what a lot of people don't know is super ghouls and ghosts mm-hmm. is actually the third game in the series it is exclusive to the super nintendo okay and it's more the same i mean it's a different enemy i mean the, the if you look at it it looks very much like ghouls and ghosts yeah but there are different enemies, bosses are different, levels are different. It's more, it's more ghouls and ghosts. Yeah, um, which is a really fun game. It's also um, not quite as devastating because it's not meant to eat quarters. And um, although I do think ghouls and ghosts and ghosts and goblins are great games to play on a mame cabinet. Yeah, because you don't have to coin feed them. It, I mean, you do have to coin feed it in theory. But you just you don't run out of continues. To go back to the beginning. I mean, you, you got gotcha. kind of keep playing it until you get past that part. It almost plays like a platformer now. Yeah. Um, so I don't have much more to say about it other than that. But there's zombies all over the thing. You're 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 uh, Arthur, a yeah. knight, and you're throwing these spears. Um, it's just a kind of hectic arcade. I, I guess it's, it would be a run and gun more yeah. than a platformer. I'd probably say a run and more gun. A run and yeah. gun. Um, there's just something really visceral and about throwing tons of, spe- of spears. You're really only inching forward because there's so many enemies. You're like shooting them. You're inching forward. Then they start coming up from the ground. You shoot more. Yeah. Hence the zombies. Right. Zombie game. Clearly zombie game. And there's a lot of dead creatures you're fighting. Um, for those who don't know, however, there's also a version of, uh, Ghosts and Goblins on the PSP, which I talked about in the last episode. Oh yeah. I got so much good feedback from people. Like, no one's ever talked about the first $100 segment I do from time to time. Okay. I got, like, 10, ten pieces of feedback on wow. that segment. And one's like, oh, I need to start playing the PSP. You really opened my eyes to those games. I only used it as an emulation device. There's good stuff on there. And I would also suggest the PSP version of Ghosts and Goblins, which is, uh, I believe, the fourth game in the series. It's a whole other new game yeah. with, like, 32-bit graphics. Cool. Um, but Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah, that's on a good the, one. SNES, right on.
2: So my second one is going to be Nightmare in the Dark, which I know I've talked about briefly on the, on previous shows before. But Night- oh yeah, yeah yeah
0: no I yeah Nightmare okay. in
2: the Dark is a Neo Geo arcade only so MVS Neo Geo MVS. Um, it was came out in the year two thousand. Um, where you it is a single screen platformer kind of like that looks a, so cool yeah kind of like a Bubble Bobble. Yeah. But um, it you play as a good ghoul. So you are a ghoul, but you are a good one, and you live in this graveyard, and you realize there are grave robbers. And so what you're trying to do is to defeat the grave robbers in each level, and it consists of five stages with five levels each. You throw fireballs, and your first fireball will slow down a zombie, and then you keep hitting it over and over again until it turns into a big fireball, which you can jump on, And then when you jump on that fireball, it can go down the level, knocking people out. And you can see see what he did there. And it knocks a bunch of power-ups. The potions give you different power-ups that can help you throughout the level. Um, There are boss fights at the end of every five levels. And there are five stages. So you can face five different bosses.
0: 25 total screens. Yep.
2: I love this game. I bring it out every time in October. Like I throw it up in my main cabinet and I play the crap out of this and one cool thing is um, on my mister now like they came out with the arcade core version of this which is the true reproduction of the actual game and it plays flawlessly so I'm in heaven because I can bring this up anytime I want in the HDMI monitor anywhere and play it Um, no other version version was ever made of this game so you're only going to play it on Neo Geo MAME or something like that there was no home version the arcade version yeah which is a prime. Oh, it's another a shame. another thing to mention on this game, one of the best musical soundtracks of any Neo Geo game I've ever played. Really? Oh, the music no. is brilliant on this. I love I it. I
0: need to get this up and running. I remember trying it when I got my cab set up, uh, trying to load yep. this, and I just didn't have the right ROM set or whatever. Yep. It's not I need- easy.
2: I, I it, well, the first time I tried to load this, um, someone on Twitter told me, "Hey, you got to play this game if you love Bubble Bobble," and I was like, "Okay." And I tried and I tried and I couldn't get it to work. And then finally, someone sent me these ROMs that just worked. And then after that, well, I, was I know like, a certain someone that might need you to yeah, send them to yeah, them. Yeah, and I will do that. Um, but now I think there's been more um, more people that love this game, so it, 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 it's easier to get working on stuff now.
0: Pretty. I'm looking at the boss battle here, and it's yep. When you see the the, the huge sprite, of yep. the boss, that's pretty.
2: And see, he makes these little... And the This boss makes an enemy, and then you have to grab all the fireballs and then throw... The only thing that hurts him are fireballs. Gotcha. Big so, old chests the, the diamonds fireballs. flying everywhere. Yep. It's,
0: oh, it's exciting. Now, have you ever played a game called Snow Bros? Oh, I love Snow Bros. This is Snow Bros. Pretty much. It's very... Snow, like, it, it is. Snow Bros is snowballs a tweak. The
2: slow them down, yeah.
0: A tweak on Bubble Bobble, and yep. this is a tweak on Snow Bros. Yep. So it's like two... It's kissing cousins. I totally agree,
2: except for all just these power ups. Bobble, bobble. This thing is power up like mania. Like when you, when you defeated that boss, you didn't see it, but it shot, it exploded in power ups. Yeah, and that's all almost these power ra- ups, That's
0: like a almost a Rainbow Islands,
2: right? And the, the exactly, and the power ups give you like speed, fireballs, go faster, etc., etc. So I mean, yes, it is like Snowbirds, except with just um, power ups up the wazoo
0: all those power-ups
2: so you really gotta play this especially this is my favorite halloween game of all time
0: well if you want to hear eric talk more about this game wait yeah. until quick questions on the next episode exactly. because i answered it already <laughs> um awesome choice awesome choice and yep. in hindsight i should have known you were going to pick this um what's your number two my number two and these are in no order for anyone who hasn't listened to us for a long period of time eric mm-hmm. six good games the segment where we just get a excuse to talk about a bunch of good games regardless of top anything i don't care just these are it gives us an opportunity to be like hey i know super mario 3 is great let's talk about some deep cuts we like because they're not gonna hit the top five but right i want to talk about them so yep six good zombie games my next game i'm gonna go ahead and bring up wolfenstein 3d now eric Mm -hmm. you might ask yourself cody wolfenstein 3d is a game where you shoot nazis yes not zombies or is it Nazi or zombies? Or is it Nazi zombies? If you, like any uh, good um, early DOS gamer... Yes, I am. ...stuck to just the shareware version probably. and didn't pay a dime, I then you did didn't that. see the zombies, Eric.
2: Yeah, and that's probably what happened.
0: Because <laughs> I gotta admit,
2: during my DOS days, it was probably some of the poorest times I had in my life. So I was living in an apartment, like, eating Top Ramen. <laughs> those so, was my those are during the dos era yeah,
0: no, I got gotcha. you <laughs> uh so during uh episode two, which you know shareware the this is early when shareware became a thing and you you yeah. got a portion of the game and to buy more game, you right. wrote in or sent your emailed your ten dollars yep um anyways, if you bought operation Eisenfaust, it's my German there yeah uh which is wolfenstein three d episode two. I pulled it up here. You are fighting, um, of course, there's your, uh, now this game is known for having swastikas everywhere. Yeah, of course. Um, and, uh, and Mecha Hitler and all kinds of things, but you will notice that you get to the point where all the Nazis turn into zombies. Uh, of course. Actually, actually, do. actually, look at you. You're a zombie. Oh, yeah. Um, and of course, in my, the video gameplay I pulled up here, you're probably not gonna see it, because it's a really short clip. Um, but Wolfenstein 3 is, obviously, it's one of the first... There you go. There's a zombie for you. Uh, it's, 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 I think it is the first first-person shooter. Really archaic. There's no strafing. It's all straight on. You kind of have to that thing where you shoot somebody and kind of back up to an angle yeah. to miss being shot. Um, but yeah, in this game, which is already a great game... I actually didn't even know this second episode existed until I did some research for the show. Oh, wow. So this was a brand new one for me. Did you play um, it? I played a little bit of it, but I'm, I, I kind of want to dig back into it, because I always forget how great early first-person shooters, they're so simple. They're
2: very simple, and, and I, I had kind of a resurgence of playing them when I got, on my mister, there is a 486 core.
0: Yeah, 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 okay. Or
2: a, really, it's a 386. But it plays DOS games really great. I got into Wolfenstein 3D, not this one, episode two, but I got into the first one. Did you get to Mecha Hitler? I did not. I but <laughs> I did play it for about maybe a good hour, and then it, and I got pretty far. I mean, it was it was a lot
0: of fun relive, reliving the old DOS days. It's crazy how many swastikas they thought oh, yeah. were on the walls over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, it, there's zombie dogs. There's zombie Nazis. There's. It's. it's, it's it's almost like a complete reskin. You're in a... Uh, well, actually, it looks like a camp. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's towers and uh, gates. Uh, it's I, I think it's actually a lot more interesting and atmospheric than the first Wolfenstein. Yeah. Which you literally were just going up a tower or down a tower. I can't remember, but um, you just had these different levels all at kind of same-samey. This is a lot... It's a new, a unique twist on it. And it was... You know, this is not a WAD file. This was an officially released game. This is what they wanted you to pay for, and no one did. But there yeah. you go. Yep. So... That's number two on my list. Zombie Nazis. Sounds good. How, I mean, what's more video games than zombie Nazis?
2: <laughs> Not, nothing.
0: <laughs> just nothing. By the way, I want to know how the zombie Nazis just apparently get along and interact with the normal living zombies. Apparently, they just have a truce. Yeah. I don't just, know how that works. They,
2: you know, they got their own thing going on.
0: Um, also, people are leaving, like, Bibles and things in just random spots in the yard. Yeah. Um. These games always interested me. If you actually try to put reality over it, like, how, that how does that... Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's what makes it good. All right, my last one, number Third three, and final. This is the one that you had not
2: played, right? Can I admit this to you? Can I admit something to you? Cody?
0: You may not. My sixth game. <laughs> oh, so, continue. I only played about a half an hour of this game because okay. I ran out okay. of time.
2: But I'm gonna definitely be back. To this, are you,
0: this is a game I've been wanting to try, and a lot of people have been I, I, wanting to so try. So you've
2: heard of this game? I, I have. Ne- I never
0: heard of it. Really? Okay. So
2: during my research of zombies, I found this game called Sweet
0: Home. Which is Japan only.
2: It's it's only on the Famicom, but there are now English translations that play on the NES. So you can download it. You can just Google it and find it. I did, and it's pretty easy to download. Yeah. So the research I did on this game it was, was pretty in-depth, but I did play it for about half an hour, and I love it. it is, a, is it really it, good? It's really... Re- for a NES RPG, this thing is off-the-charts good. Now... Really? This game is by Capcom, and it's based on a movie. Uh, there is a movie of the same name called Sweet Home in Japan, and it is based on that movie. It is a survival horror RPG, and you're playing within a mansion, and you're... It, it's a it's one and I, maybe one of the first metroidvania style exploration games really you actually play and you have to find things and then go back to certain parts to unlock things that you had encountered before that you couldn't get to um it it is like i said it's based on a 1989 film of the same name the game has you you start off with five characters in your party um and there is permadeath if your player you all your players specialize in certain things that help you unlock the puzzles in the game. Okay. But there is permadeath. So if you, one of your guys dies, they each player only has two inventory slots. Huh. So if your guys die, you really are at a disadvantage. You have to use your other people to get the items that need to wow. be used to unlock things. Another so basically it's an RPG. Um there's a lot of backtracking, a lot of cutscenes in the game, uh, which uh, normally I'm not a fan of cutscenes, but the ones I saw were actually very short, so they didn't they didn't bother me too much. That's a positive. Um, but did you know that this game is the main inspiration for Resident, Resident Evil? Resident
0: Evil, yep. Yeah, that's the only reason I know it is. A lot of yeah. people are like, "Do you like Resident Evil? Go back and see Resident Evil Zero, or like whatever." You know, yeah, inspiration for it.
2: But I mean look at the graphics on this game Now this game you can divide your party Into teams so you can have a team Of three and then a team of two And they can oh, go okay. do different things um,
0: It looks very Complicated I'm not going to lie
2: Yeah yeah. from what I played it's not It, it looks complicated it's not that complicated Okay that's Yeah, good. It's not that complicated but you would Do yourself a favor in downloading Some not docs but like kind of What people maybe watch a review Or people explaining the game um, but it, it's not. It's not that hard of a game to really follow.
0: It's cool. It looks like a top-down <clears throat> RPG mm-hmm. at first, and then when you get into a battle, which seems random, it feels like a JRPG, right? From yep. what I can tell. But it's done in the point of view of a dungeon crawler. I'm correct. The uh, the actual fight battles and stuff. The uh, fight battles. Fight. Battle fights. <laughs> ah, fight, fight. Um, but I also noticed that it feels like a very Looking at all the, like, armaments and things that people... Like, the things you can hold and thing. Yeah. All of the, um, what do you call it, the uh, windows that pop up. Yeah. Feels like a very American RPG.
2: Well, it, to me, it looks more like a Final Fantasy or an American. Yeah, an American RPG. Uh, that, that's true. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot, of, you know, party item, look, team, save, talk. Um, a lot of things that are actually... It looks like a mix between Japanese and American RPGs. Yep. And then you said now there's Metro, Metroidvania-style things to it. Yep. So, like I
2: said, I don't know when I'll be back to this game, but it is... If you I'm, won't. if won't. I'm, if I'm, you won't. Probably not. <laughs> but if I'm hankering for... You want an, to, but you won't. <laughs> if I'm hankering for an RPG on the NES, which, frankly, like, you know, the Zeldas were fine. They were never really... I was never really into that. Zeldas on, on the NES, but, you know, if I ever get feeling like an rpg this is the one i mean this one seems like it's got a lot cool. of good history and uh, it's it's uh, complicated enough to be to keep your attention for a long time yeah, it looks, and, it looks, and there's no grinding it's or intriguing. anything it's there's intriguing. no grinding in this game so i mean that's one thing i really hate about
0: yeah, there's no, no grinding for the sake of grinding but to, correct. to backtrack and go back and forth you're going to run into stuff
2: you do have to backtrack <clears> correct <throat> and there are random encounters for enemies and stuff like that yeah. so but I think it's way ahead of its time. I'm. Uh, I would love to revisit this.
0: Well, if you want to hear about an uh, NES RPG, Uh-oh. listen to our next episode and catching up. Okay. I recently went through an entire NES RPG. Kinda. Okay. Kinda. Kinda. All right. Um, my final game, Eric. Yes. Now this one, as a game, mm-hmm. as a video game, it's probably not a great game. This is a game though that speaks directly to my heart. No. Oh. When we're talking about zombie games, it's kind of a scary thing to say, but what I mean by that, zombies, all right, it's it, it's a movie trope, right? Okay, yeah. Um, largely influenced, I'm sure there were previous examples, but Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. right, the original movie in 1960, is that 68? Still black and white when most things were in color. They're going
1: to get you, Barbara.
0: Yeah. Um, So, I do love cheesy horror movies. Sure. And I got really into it for a while, and I want to get back into it. If I had more time, I'd be all over it. Um, You know, if I had, like, three or four lifetimes. Right. I would include that in my hobbies that I did daily. Um, I love cheesy horror movies. Yeah. And I think zombies have lost their way over time. Sure. Now, to me, a zombie is the whole concept of a zombie movie or a zombie story. Is, it's really a story about humanity and the, the decisions we make and what we do in a crisis. Yeah. It's not about the beast itself. Okay. I'm getting kind of heady here, but hear me out. In my opinion, the best zombie movie was Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Have you seen that movie? I,
2: I have. It's been a very long time, though.
0: What I love about that movie and why I think it's the best zombie movie is the quintessential zombie movie. It starts with people in a helicopter landing on a mall, Mm -hmm. right? A mall in America. And you find out by watching the first few minutes of the movie that the entire world is overrun by zombies. Yeah. And there's almost no survivors. Yeah. So the living is very few. And we're watching, like, I can't remember exactly how many right now, five or six people that are living in this situation and what they do about it. Yeah. So zombies are slow and they lumber towards you. And they, I mean, they're not difficult to get rid of. The threat is in numbers, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They don't run at you like the new version of Dawn of the Dead they came out with. They don't attack. Uh, they're not smart. They don't outthink things. They're just, I go there because that is food. Yeah. That is, and they, they go as fast as they can, which is very slow. Yeah. And the beauty of that is, that movie is, all right, we have a mall. Let's make this our base. Like, how cool is a mall? If we're in this crappy situation, we could board up this mall... And make it our defense. And like, there's stores in here, there's food in here. And that's what they do. It just kind of creates this kind of cool, like, it's almost like a big fort, yeah. like a big, like, toy fort when you're a kid. Yeah. What are do you doing in the mall? And they have the music playing. You know, if you ever watch that, the music's playing. And they're just going through the mall and, like, shopping, like, trying to live life. Every once in a while, like, a, a door will get broken in. Zombies will start coming in and have to, like, refortify the wall. Uh, they're just doing ridiculous stuff. Like, I'm bored. What do I do with my life? Like, yeah. And, and then. You know how do we worry about this threat and how do we save ammo? And some guy's just like, I need to go shoot some. So he goes up top and starts picking off zombies because they're on the edge of the mall. But the concept is, it's a human story. It's not a story about beasts, all right? Yeah. And that's what I love about zombies. So when I found out, I and I was this is a rare chance where I was a PlayStation owner. Okay. And a game came out called Dead Rising on Xbox 360. Yeah. And I could not get it, and I was pissed. <laughs> and okay. my buddies, I convinced my buddies to get it so I could play it. And it is literally that movie. It is oh, so wow. great. Yeah, It is third person, and you are in a mall. Okay. You start in a mall. Yeah, And there's zombies everywhere. And you can go anywhere in the mall. And your goal, I, I, honestly, at this point, I don't even remember what the goal is. The goal is to, I don't, I don't think it's to kill all the zombies. I think it was to get to a certain point in the mall. Yeah, But... You could be like, all right, I'm going to go into the sports shop and just start grabbing stuff. I'll, I'll attack them with a golf club. and I'll, But first, I'll put on uh, American football pads. I have yeah. to say American football on the show. That's right. And a helmet to protect me. Yeah. Um, but then I'm going to take the golf club and I'm going to shove a couple of nails through it. So now it's a like golf club with nails. And you go out there and you start hitting balls in their face and killing zombies or hitting more of the head or shoot, my golf club broke. Now I'm going to take a fire extinguisher and spray them and then crack it over there. Just whatever. And that's what it was. That's what the game was. I never played it.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. And
0: there's just hordes of zombies, and eventually you're sitting there trying to do all these things, and you get overrun, because there's so many of them. Yeah. And so you're trying to figure out, all right, let's try that again. This time I'm going to do this, and fortify this, I'll push a table, whatever. Yeah. And it's just, it's a zombie movie and a game, and I loved it. And uh, I will pick the first one, because that's the one that I got so excited about. Now, eventually it did come out on PlayStation in Dead Rising 2. Okay. 3 and 4. Yeah. Yeah. And I've loved every one. Oh, and you've got them for your PlayStation Three, right? I have loved them, but okay. one one was the, was the one that I want to highlight because they did kind of tweak the formula as they went, and some zombies got faster, and and they you know came out with other stuff. But you could grab and hop in a car. Cool. What are you going to do with the car? Well, you're going to drive through a bunch of zombies. Yeah, that's what you, can, you know, you'll do when you start spitting out and spraying blood everywhere and killing <laughs> them. And it's just what do you want to do? Yeah. I, I think it's great. It's the quintessential zombie game. Cool. Uh, and so many games that have come out now are good games, but the zombies—they're not zombie games; they're horror games with zombies in them.
2: Cool. Now that sounds great. I might actually—I imagine you could probably pick that up pretty cheap. On I Xbox probably should 360. have
0: pulled up video while we're talking, but
2: yeah, I got
0: I, all into it. I probably
2: should have. I—I I, I bet I could find that pretty cheap on Xbox three hundred and sixty. Oh, it's,
0: um, it's dirt cheap. Yeah, um, um,
2: because I—I I mean, I my Xbox three hundred and sixty is still rocking. I boot it up every once in a while and play some games on it. Um, but it, maybe I should find this game and give it a shot
0: yeah i'm trying to find a point here but yeah there's some zombies and this guy at this point has a scythe apparently he found a scythe somewhere in the mall yeah um oh he just got it he's getting overtaken he's getting chewed up nope he's gonna kill some zombies um anyways i i love it there's there's a lot more zombies than that but yeah i'll check it out that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun it is a lot of fun eric yeah i'm sorry to mention oh we could do honorable mentions That's the end of six good games. We should do some honorable mentions. Yeah, because you wrote them down here, and you have a ton of them. I wrote a ton. I'm going to go quick. Yeah, let's do it quick. A lot of them are because we've already talked about them. Okay. As everyone on the show probably knows, if they've listened for a long time, I love Resident Evil 4, one of my top five favorite games of all time. Yep. That's got to be in there. Uh, my favorite Commodore 64 game of all time, Guns and Ghosts. So this almost came up on my main list,
2: because once I looked up that, I looked up C64 Zombies, and that was a game that came and I was like, yeah, there were zombies in that.
0: Oh yeah, they grew up from the ground twice, so, all over every level. So I almost picked that one. and it, and we talked about it, which is why I didn't pick it.
2: It's probably one of a, like a top 10 C64 game of all time for me. So I mean, I love that. For me, game. it's number
0: one. Yeah, it Guns N' Ghost is awesome. Okay, keep we've going. already discussed this show. This I think you picked it in a previous episode, but zombies ate my neighbors. Oh yeah, that's a great one on Super Nintendo and or Genesis. Yep, both great. Although I prefer Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo just because the controller, same here. Is easier to get to the buttons. Yep. Uh, uh, let me jump over here. Fallout three. Yep. There's ghouls you talk through. They, they've all been now they aren't dead because they're they died necessarily in rose again they're they've been radiated right they're, they're like mutated zombies yep. but they're zombies yep some are good some are bad uh dead space zombies in space never played it oh it's intense it's a first person yep. shooter intense yep um we've talked about this on the show a lot house of the dead house of the dead yep all of them one two three even four and, and what's that on overkill came out house of the dead the original one was um primarily just the arcade game with light guns
2: oh yeah yeah that's right yeah, that's yeah, right yeah. that's right now I and then remember.
0: on Wii yeah. i have house of the dead well i had it on genesis or yeah. i'm sorry on a uh, dreamcast two yeah we had a two and three combo pack and these are all arcade games primarily but yeah 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 and then four came out it's called overkill yeah on the wii okay and then there's one that came out called number five too i it's there's a lot of them um, and then I threw Left for Dead on here because that was a game on Xbox
2: 360 that my son got into, and, and both him and I would play that game all the time, and it, there's a lot of different types of zombies, ones that explode, and ones that, th- there's just a ton of different things, but it's kind of like that, uh, what you're talking about, Dead Rising, like you're put into a environment, whether yeah. it's a mall or a building or whatever, and you have to get, there's some goal in there that you have to do, but... Yep. He still has a poster on his wall from it. I mean That's he went cool. through a he went through a phase where he loved that game, like absolutely loved it.
0: Yeah, I've I had somebody get into that and that was a big online game too.
2: It was a big online game, yep. Um
0: and the last one, this was on PlayStation Three. Okay. It's a game we got for free because the network went down for like two weeks. Okay. So when it came back on they gave like free games out. Give you a little freebie. And I don't think a lot of people chose this, but it's a twin stick shooter called Dead Nation. Oh. And it is, well, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. I, I love, love Twin Stick. Twin Stick Shooter. Yeah. Um, Kind of old school gameplay, isometric kind of a view. And there's zombies and you're blowing them up and a huge horde will come at you. So you shoot the car next to them. The car catches fire, blows up, kills them all. Yeah. It's just something fun about destroying that many yeah. things at once.
2: Did, yeah, I think I played that one before.
0: Yeah, very cool. Right on. Eric, that is six good games. And... That's a show. That's a show. That's great. We thank you for hanging out with us uh, for this first episode in October. Yeah. We will have another episode here, and uh, I promise you it'll be less than three hours, Eric. <laughs> uh, coming out October 31st, in which we will uh, catch up, talk about everything Eric and I and Tim Drew, our buddy from over the seas, yep. uh, have been up to. We've been up to a lot. Um, there will also be, uh, I believe, an episode of Cody's Corner in there. Oh, Yeah. Um, and we will be covering our Battle of the Systems, where we fight two games versus each other. Yes. And this year, Tim picked, um, this year, this episode. Yeah. Tim picked snowboarding games. Yeah. I think mostly because he wanted an excuse to play SSX Tricky. True. Yeah. But we're playing SSX Tricky on the PlayStation 2. Yep. Versus. and Riders on Dreamcast. Otherwise known as Cool Borders. Cool Borders
2: Burn in Japan. Oh, that's specific. That's Not what cool borders. Cool boards burn. That's what it was called in Japan. I did, I did
0: my research. That's what my kids say when you say something about yep. someone. Oh, you just got roasted. Yeah. That's a burn. Yeah. it's intense. <laughs> All right, guys. I think there's nothing else to say. Uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Eric and I will uh, record in like 15 minutes. That's right. Get some more beers in us. That's right. Uh, we want to thank the Amigos Retro Net Gaming Network, yep. which I'm never going to remember how to say correctly. <laughs> Our boy Flaco at Sprite Castle. Yep. Uh, Brent over there at uh, ARG Presents. Yes. Throwing down all Brent kinds of and crazy Aaron, stuff. Yeah. And I guess Neil is part of the
2: network
1: now
0: because Neil. of the. Yes.
2: And uh, that's uh, this week in Retro.
0: Yes, absolutely. With uh, uh,
2: Neil from Retro Man Cave, right? Which,
0: which which that show has real news.
2: That's right. They have real time talking about that's news right.
0: from a month ago. Correct. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, We're going to get cracking on the next episode. But for you guys, we're going to say ta-da. And always remember, it's it's dangerous dangerous to go alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at dubproject. That's D U H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O D D B A 1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.